SpecFicMedia.com presents Beyond the Wall, a Game of Thrones podcast with hosts E.G. Holyfield, Christiana Ellis, Chooch, Viv, and Nuchus. Gotta, gotta make his tongue funny colors. Well, hey everybody. <laughs> Welcome to uh, another episode of Beyond the Wall. This is... Uh, um, June 11th, 2014, and we're here tonight to talk about uh, Season 4, Episode 9, The Watchers on the Wall. Uh, certainly one of the big uh, set-piece battle episodes, first since mm-hmm. Blackwater. Um, I guess, the, is this the only one since Blackwater where all the action took place in one location? Uh, yeah, I think so. Sure. Yeah, so, um, you know, I think... All of us loved it. Was there anybody that hated it? So we can skip that. I didn't hate <laughs> it, but I didn't love it. Oh, there we go. So we'll see how uh, how we go this evening. I did have a couple of uh, shout outs for, um, for listeners. Uh, last week, we um, put out a little contest. I uh, had a few people sign up. Uh, at first, it was just for uh, our crew, uh, where we were going to try to guess what the last scene, uh, the last you know, visual that we get in season four before it fades to black, what's going on. Um, and we put that out to the, uh, to the listeners, viewers, and uh, had four or five entries. Uh, but one gentleman wrote, uh, his name is Mark Bailey. And I thought it was a friend of ours or a friend, of, friend, uh, but it's actually uh, a guy from England that listens to the a different show. Mark Bailey, a different Mark Bailey. Cool. Oh, and wait, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, he's gonna have to change his name now. I'm so confused. Well, what's I, up with uh, our Mark Bailey then? Does that oh, mean I, I know? I don't know why he's not sending us entries. But uh, he said, uh, first off, can I say I love your show? Despite being a book reader, I find your insight highly entertaining, and informative. <laughs> and since I am on, I can also thank the four of you for consumption as well. Here in the UK, Almost Human has just started airing, so I'm looking forward to catching up with that. Oh, so, cool. They run them in the right order. Yeah, hopefully, okay. yeah. Hopefully, they will show them in the right order, and you won't be. <laughs> Spoiler uh, warning: on the next season. <laughs> Spoiler: yes. Don't get too attached. <laughs> uh, you get it as attached as you want. Just uh, you know, be aware <laughs> that uh, it's 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 a limited time offer. But uh, worth he it. reads the Song of Ice and Fire. He well, in the UK, aren't they more used to that? <laughs> yeah, that's Series instead true. of seasons. Yeah. Although this one, I mean, lots of times those are, they're like that by design, though. Yeah. You know what I mean? So they, they specifically try to tell a complete story in whatever amount of time as opposed to uh, leaving it with, you know, several things unresolved. Right. And for the second shout out, I'm going to put up a little, a little, image here and this is actually for a listener only so christy you're gonna have to you're gonna have to come to the youtube channel and watch the beginning of this episode uh christy will help us they uh she was uh she lives around me and she is a judge she's literally a judge she is literally a judge (laughs) and she was nominated to be a judge and now she she's going to be running for the office uh this fall so I'm, i'm doing some work some volunteer work or going to be doing some volunteer work for her. But uh, she, after, after a few weeks of 
of uh, being friends with her. This was last year. She's like, Oh, I love your show. And I'm like, what? You know, I didn't even have any idea that she, uh, she, you know, would listen to podcasts at all. Uh-huh. And then she, she is like, she listens every week. And uh, so just wanted to give a big, big shout out to her. And uh, we hope, uh, uh, hope you enjoyed this episode as well. Um, Good luck, Judge Christie. Soon to yeah. be. <laughs> Good luck. And thank you for listening. Absolutely. In spite of knowing PG. I know. <laughs> exactly right about that. Um, so I'm not sure if it shows great judgment. <laughs> yeah, well, we hang out with him too, so she'll probably get along with us at least. That's well, yeah, but we all tolerate him. Yeah, I have to make sure. I have to make sure I'm in the right county if I have any more legal issues. So. <laughs> oh Jesus! Wait, I can't do that. She can't. She wouldn't be able to be my judge in a case. No, probably. just. You're, oh, but it's not it. going to be an issue, anyways. You're not just not going to oh, yeah. be able to break any more laws. Any more laws? Thanks. <laughs> hobo, hello, hobo, self-proclaimed hobo. That's funny. Hobo statute of limitations. It's not against the law. It's not really. <laughs> Sleeping on someone's back porch at a hotel is not illegal. Hmm. Never, never. <laughs> anyway, back to the show. Mm. Uh, so, watchers on watchers on the wall. Um, again, we um, we open in Castle Black. Um, I think one of the things we'll probably do some in this episode is is. Since it is such a big thing, we probably will mention some of the things that have changed from the books just because it's um, mm-hmm. one of those things, you know. Um, but one of the things I think they did very well in the sh- in this episode was sort of reestablish the place. And, you know, you, we, you know, we've been there on and off for, for four seasons, but, you know, the idea, you know, some of the tracking shots where they're going over the wall and mm-hmm. you know, showing the horn right at first. And, and so the first time we really see the horn, or at least in a long time, um, just I like I think they did a whole really good job with, with things like that, showing the elevator and sort of establishing how it worked, you know, as it became more of a uh, more of a plot piece in the in the mm-hmm. episode, that sort of thing. I thought they did a real good job with them. Um, on that note, that. I did just it. I the engineer in me thought a lot about how does <laughs> yeah. that elevator work? Because yeah. clearly we are, we see the control mechanism, mm-hmm. but given the absence of, you know, electricity or even steam power or anything like that, I don't know how you have counterweights to take it in both directions. Right. I think this might be a moment where I would invoke the SpongeBob rule where, when watching Spongebob with my kids one time, my sister goes, it was my sister, somebody goes, oh, yeah, like that would really happen. And I'm like, yeah, a sponge isn't going to live in a pineapple under the sea either, honey. You just have to kind of let stuff go. I know. I'm no. like, spoiler, shit. Spongebob spoiler. It's Don't tell me, Patrick, the starfish isn't real. I will let your relationship with the starfish stay as it is. Patrick, I'm going to say Patrick. So, yeah, I didn't have a big complaint because if not, I mean, it wasn't even an issue with thinking that it doesn't work properly or that it's mm. an error. They just didn't show. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it was. But it did like, make me curious because I, I get curious about that sort of thing. Oh, so you take the soul of a young boy. And, <laughs> and you watch his parents get murdered. <laughs> that's, you know, I, that's, no, that's, that's a fair point. In fairness, that same thing occurred to me. I, I, just, I, I had the same thought. Because, like, I could see how it would work one way, but you'd have to crank at least one of the directions. So I was I was going through the same thing, Christiana. Mm-hmm. 
You were there's just one. there's a lot of the there are a lot of squirrels inside the behind the, <laughs> the boards there, and they were running. Dire squirrels. Dire Frost squirrels. Proof. Yeah. Uh, yeah. There's several uh, logistical things like that that we might mention as we go along, but um, yeah. Uh, overall, I thought they did a good job of of you know showing things in a logical way that would mm-hmm. come into play later in the episode and not not hit you over the head so much with things like they do in, in some episodes where it's like, Oh, okay, well that's going to, that's going to happen later. Um, so yeah, I thought that was good. Mm-hmm. Um, the first, the first scene, which is, I guess, uh, up on the, up on the wall between John and Sam, uh, I thought that was, you know, a good scene. They're talking about, uh, love and, uh, sex specifically for, for, Poor yeah, Sam. Wanting to wanting to hear, you know, the I, I like the um idea that or the juxtaposition of last week where Tyrion and Jamie, their conversation was more about ignoring the elephant in the room and talking about something very trivial, whereas where all these people at the wall are, you know, immediately, you know, faced mm-hmm. with possible death, you know, as Maester as the maester says, maester Eamon says, you know, that, um, uh, nothing makes the past sweeter than, you know, uh, or nothing makes the past a sweeter place to visit than the prospect of imminent death and talking about love and things like that, that, mm-hmm. that are important. Uh, so on talking about episode eight, I think Viv never got a chance to give her notes. Oh this yeah. Is- yeah. Wanna wait for the end or jump yeah. in now. No, we can we can definitely. Is uh, that okay? You, yeah, no, yeah. absolutely. Okay. Before also, we, maybe before we, we get had into a this, request yeah. for a tongue check too. Do what? Oh, we, we need a tongue, a, check. For a tongue check. Tongue oh, check. A tongue check. Chooch. <laughs> Don't ask about the penguin behind him. <laughs> see, I didn't see it. Unrelated. <laughs> oh, nice. <laughs> That's Big Tony and Penguini because T is visiting, and I had to make his room cute. <laughs> uh, yeah, I just cut over bef- before we get started to that much. There, I, I cut over to see Kevin Crosby's uh, comment <laughs> on my hat. The only good Wahoo is a cooked Wahoo. That's that's, uh, <laughs> that's better than the way I read it. So, yeah, yeah. Uh, uh, and Nicole, this is uh, this is the Nicole. where is it? the uh lucky uh saint patrick's day version of our hat so that's why it white is green white is green nicole nicole went to uva as well mm-hmm. um <laughs> mike mccauley greetings you clever little twats <laughs> <laughs> at least he didn't at least he didn't call us cunts so that's good hi mike yeah. <laughs> uh so go ahead we'll get we'll get to uh um I was reading them too. Um, so the first thing of my notes was that I had found a really awesome interview with Jack Gleason, which I know is only mildly um, related to episode eight, but That's I fine. do want to make sure and uh, get that to PG to share in the show notes. It's about 30 minutes long and he, it's like a Q and a at the front of a university classroom or something. I don't know, but it's just, there's a lot of really fun stuff that he talks about and, God, you just love him when he's not playing Joffrey. Um, <laughs> so we'll that, I'll uh, send that to, to PG for the show notes. 
that the one at the end where he goes back to the screen and makes a funny face where they're showing his dead dead face on the on the screen no, I, and he's just making fun of the screen. I don't remember because I've seen it. I saw it like three weeks ago, and oh. I just kept forgetting <laughs> to mention it. Um, you Although guys randomly, talking. Batman Begins was on the TV earlier. <laughs> That's right, and we recognized a little Jack Gleason in there. Yeah, oh, Lee Joffrey. Totally forgot. He was so cute. So I had Chooch go through and look at him and tell me what not to bother mentioning. Um, so uh, the one, one of the things he didn't mention was um, the, from episode eight, not this last episode, but the week before, since I was missing um, Sansa and Littlefinger being together for me, it was like chain game changing, but the really creepy part was the pride that was on Littlefinger's face as she's lying. He's just sitting there and he never changes expression, but he just gets that little, creepy grin and i think that the way that she was able to tell the lies so successfully was because most of it was true like the story she was telling was this was true that was true that was true that was true here's a little white lie and he mm -hmm. kissed me and it didn't mean anything and and she jumped but i mean it was i think the reason that she was able to pull off the lies because so much shit happened to her that was so bad that it just seemed like it all fit together you know <laughs> yeah. um and um Baelish, Royce, and the woman, I don't remember the woman's name um, at the at the Erie. I just called her the old hooker. Um, I, that think they, call, uh, I think we called her Lady So-and-So. Lady So-and-So. Yeah, okay, that's much nicer than the old hooker. Um, Maybe who cares her name? What's her name? <laughs> who cares what's her name? Yeah. Um, but I, uh, one comment that I wrote about the fact that, you know, uh, Peter gets there, Mama goes out the moon door. He's getting kicked out, but I think in spite of the fact that Littlefinger's acting probably very selfishly, it probably is the very best thing that can happen for Robin to get away from that environment because with the groundwork that Lysa laid, he's definitely going to be like a Norman Bates at some point or another Joffrey. Yeah, although, I, you know, it, it's it's kind of, there's a little bit of out of the frying pan into the fire, mm -hmm. though, aspects to it Absolutely. because at least with Lysa, he was with someone who actually ostensibly cared about his well-being and being alive even if she was twisted about it yeah versus being with someone who really only cares about him to the extent that um gosh if we just pushed him out the moon door too probably all these nobles would just not like us at all so probably exactly. have to keep a little a little <laughs> yeah i think it keeps him alive longer now that mama's gone and i think it'll actually let him grow up a little because he was so mm -hmm. much more likable in that episode than any of the others i think you know it was more like he, he just seemed like a kid that missed his mom he didn't seem twisted or weird for having been breastfeeding for the first thousand years of his life or whatever it was um and then i thought it was weird when they showed this scene in uh marine with uh barristan telling jorah um i'm coming to you in honor i'm not going to go behind your back but i've got this letter and it says that you were spying on the khaleesi and I'm going to go tell her about it. And he said, can I talk to her first? And he's like, you'll never be alone with her again, which is exactly what you want him to say. But it still pisses me off because the first thought I had was, well, what if I call her Misa? You know, what if I call her Mumsy? Can I go see her then by myself? Because that's what everybody in their following does. <laughs> um, did you guys notice that she was wearing that, uh, that kind of weird offset necklace from her Khaleesi days when she saw Jorah, mm -hmm. when she did her official viewing with him? I thought it was really cool because before with the Dothraki stuff she was wearing, it looked, you know, primitive and like horse lord like they were. But when she wore it with the silks and, and the stuff that she wears now, it was it like it 
elevated it to like another higher, more regal level, I thought. And it helped bring home the fact that she like, did she even make eye contact with Jorah? Because no, well, I think it was like at, he was at first she did, but then when he took another step up and then she kind of stepped down to meet him, you could see that she's very deliberately not yeah. making eye contact. Yeah. And, um, but I mean, I don't, it, well, to me, it came off more as I refuse to acknowledge you rather than I can't look at you or I'll break. You know what? I, oh, don't yeah. you agree? It was out oh, of strength, yeah, yeah. not yeah. weakness, right? Oh yeah. She was, <laughs> she was denying Definitely. eye contact to him as yeah. opposed to not being able to make it. Which is awesome. Yeah. She was as scary for me in that scene as she was with uh, Mary Mazdor in a, what was that, season one, episode 10? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And um, yeah. let's see. And oh, the Ramsey and Roose Bolton note that I had from when they were talking and he told, you know, he gave him Moat Kellen and, and, um, and Roose said, you know, now you're a, you're, um, you're a Bolton, you're no longer a Snow. And then when, when Ramsey was gr showing his gratitude, did you guys notice that he's like, your tradition's alive, so you know there's going to be more skin peeling? <laughs> oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Yep. Yeah. Um, oh, oh, yeah. I was. I, did you guys feel like when Sansa came down at the end and she was wearing, which Chooch said you guys agreed uh, was more of a, a mockingbird style than an Irie style dress or more. Well, yeah. Like the feathers on, the, yeah, on yeah. the shoulders and stuff. Yeah. Yeah. I totally saw that as the mockingbird outfit as soon as she came out. But the other thing was that, you know, she had Cersei training her on a woman's best weapon, you know, her, you know, being able to use her assets to their best ability. And uh, she had uh, Marjorie and she saw how Marjorie worked Joffrey and she saw Shay and um, I think she really, by the end, when she came down the stairs, it was like, yeah, she's at his kind of whimsy for his protection. Mm -hmm. But she's also had enough women coach her on how to handle male lust that she so, actually has a pretty good feel for it. Didn't you I have think a question for you, Viv, uh, um, yes. about that. Um, okay. Specifically, PG didn't like her dress. <laughs> Really? I thought she looked super badass and it was awesome that she's going full super villain. Yes. And yeah. okay, well good. We're on the same page. We're on I the thought same we page. would be just wanted to you know, confirm. Yeah, just wanted to just wanted to say Yes. Well, I want to hear your back. I want to hear your thoughts though, PG, because I'm curious. I'm shocked. No, um, I just thought I just thought it was I thought that the way I described it was I thought that she earned the scene before both the scenes before from everything she's been through. Mm -hmm. And I just thought the last part was for we're going to be cheesy now and, and put this exclamation point on it. And I just mm -hmm. thought it wasn't worth, oh, I just, okay. I just didn't like it. It's not gotcha. that I, you know, gotcha. but uh, yeah, I thought okay. were, no, that's, again, the Maleficent just look. Doesn't and, like strong women. Emo Spider-Man. Yeah. <laughs> oh, bullshit. Bullshit. I know. I'm just, I'm God. I'm oh. Would you look at the three course. women on this panel and say funny. PG doesn't like strong women, boy. <laughs> <laughs> and you know his woman, too. <laughs> um, like strong women. It's okay. Message Viv. Yeah. Viv. Uh, yeah, as PG said, we, we totally thought it was a Maleficent outfit, but uh, oh, your okay. whole... A description of everything there's a picture that's in the meme roundup that posted this morning and it's a screen cap of that and mm -hmm. it's got the little xbox thing on the bottom and it says sansa stark has entered the game <laughs> <laughs> she drove she nice. really did with that i like that yeah. i do like the way that's phrased because up until now she's been reacting and cowering and afraid and brave where she could be and strong where she could be and 
this is the first time that she's been somewhere where she can actually put the, all that shit that she learned in the Red Keep from the rape of Lawless and or whoever they call her on the show and all the things that she's seen where she can finally like be like, now this is what I know how to handle because I was trained to be a lady. Etiquette is a lady's armor is what the SEPTA used to teach her. So she keeps the manners. She lowers the, the bus line a little bit. She keeps Peter in line. Hopefully he keeps his hands off of her because he's. She said it. Peter. <laughs> so uh, I, I just, I had a perfect vision for the final episodes or final scenes of the whole series, not just this season, but the whole okay. series is, um, is Sansa and Peter facing off with swords and Sansa goes before I was, but the learner, but now I'm the master. <laughs> <laughs> she has to do it like this. <laughs> sword motion, right? And and I have to say, time travel spoiler. <laughs> I have to. Boy, if that really happens, I'm gonna look like a genius. <laughs> look like. Um, I just thought it was a really cool way that she was able to grab some empowerment that she hasn't had in the show. Mm -hmm. I didn't think about the maleficent similarities, um, and I don't remember if this scene was even in the books. I'll be honest; I don't remember if they had anything like that scene, but. Mm. Um, she, I, I agree. I don't, I don't know if I would say super villain, but she's definitely engaging or not engaging, embracing like the darker side of everything mm -hmm. that's going on, partly because God damn it, I'm tired of being everybody else's doormat. And also it's, it kind of like Peter, Peter knows that it's for him because it's mm -hmm. like, it's like you said, the mockingbird, the feathers and all that stuff. So, and, and there was a line, I actually went back to something I've been trying to do this whole season is to go back to the notes I made with in my Kindle when I was reading book three again. One of the notes that I actually did make time to go back and find is that when she's, uh, so in the book, just after Joffrey's death, as um, as Sansa flees to Ser Dantos, I lost my glasses, um, she says to herself, my skin has turned to porcelain, to ivory, to steel. And that's where I got the idea that she's kind of been toughening herself up after Cersei go home, Thursday, you're drunk, crazy shit. And um, Shay and, and even Danny did, even though she doesn't have any kind of knowledge of Danny. She didn't learn anything from Danny, but she's embracing that power and her identity as a Stark and the, the uh, intelligence she has and, and the resemblance to Kat and what that means in, in wrangling Peter. Mm -hmm. And um, probably all stuff you guys said. Um, the Tyrion and Jamie scene. Um, I was wondering if anybody else had the same crazy thought I did, which was Tyrion's spending like his last moments to talk to his brother and he's talking about the Beatles, you know, Orson Lannister, smashy, smashy, crow, 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 or whatever it is. Um, and so I was wondering if anyone thought that maybe Tyrion, because he's about to be tried for Joffrey's death, if in his mind he ever compared Orson to Joffrey with the compulsion for cruelty and killing. And if that's why, because otherwise, why would Orson be stuck in his head right then? So I was wondering if he was trying to understand Orson so that he could better understand some of what Joff Joffrey's craziness was, or if they were just two totally separate things. Well, my thinking was that it's not so much comparing to Joffrey specifically, or at least not only to Joffrey, mm -hmm. but just generally to the idea of why does everybody hate me so much when I haven't done anything to them? Why are people mean and violent and cruel just for no reason? Yeah. And so it wasn't 
you know, Joffrey is certainly an example of that, but at least for me, I was thinking he was probably had more like his father in mind than Joffrey. Mm. Oh God. Just saying, you know, why is he being like this instead of being, you know, a loving father or, you know, it's (laughs) why is the world the way it is such and which, you know, at, at this point for him, it's just seems like such an awful place. And it's just like, why is it like that? And thinking that Orson should have been so simple. It seems like if you want to understand the way the world works and why people act the way they do, you start with someone who should be simple. And if he couldn't even figure out the simplest person and why they would act that way, yeah, you know, what is he even doing? Because um, oh, we have a comment asking, am I in the wrong episode? We were just revisiting uh, Viv's <laughs> comments on the previous episode. So we are still talking about Watchers on the Wall primarily, but we were yeah. just revisiting I'm almost some done, points. guys. I'm sorry. <laughs> I was sick last week. They're letting me throw out some comments because I really did want to talk to them about some of the stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, and then I think the next thing was just, you know, Tyrion looks at Jamie as he's about to leave and he looks like he just wants a hug. And in my mind, Jamie can't get any closer to him because of all the shit that he's gone through since the last time they saw each other at Winterfell before Tyrion was captured. And then Jamie was captured and Brienne and the bear and all of the things that happened. I don't think that he is capable of reaching out to his brother, even though it might be the last time that they could see each other without, you know, chains or, you know, you know, a beheading going on or something. Um, and of course the scene with Oberon, of course, was just absolutely fantastic. It was way better than I ever imagined when I, in on any of the reads of the book, I think they did that scene just really, really well. And I hated it and I loved it. <laughs> and, um, um, let's see. Oh, and I wanted to ask Christiana if she had noted what I did, which is Oberon's cockiness. Um, and he's like, I'm going to make you say this before you die. You're going to say it, you're going to say it. And it reminded me kind of like on Survivor when you uh-huh, have the yeah. one guy that's like, oh, I got this now. This is all me. I'm going to, oh, I'm going to just do this now. And then they end up getting voted out that time because cockiness. <laughs> for Tony, cockiness worked last season. Nobody else does it work for, I think. Yeah, you know, it's it's funny. I didn't, I didn't make that connection, but we <laughs> did certainly talk about how, how powerful that, that moment was where, He's got the mountain down on the ground and you have everybody slowly realizing he's not finishing him. Oh no. Yeah. What is he doing? He's going to ruin everything because he can't let this go. And just that, that dawning horror, even before it becomes realized, you just realize everybody's Mm -hmm. this is not good. We can see right now that he didn't finish him what he could have. And he's probably going to pay for his life, pay with his life for it. And, yeah. and just that, that dawning realization, but at the same time, having that be so well supported by the way the character had acted up to that point. Yeah. 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 I, I mean, I, I, so that's pretty much the only notes that I had that Chooch hadn't already touched on, I think, or said that you guys had touched on. Um, I, I just, I I love how much we all loved him. Even I mean, Chooch loved him obviously because he didn't know it was coming. But for the four of us that have read the book, and we knew he was only going to be there for a little while, and we knew he was going to be badass, and we knew he was going to die. He, that actor, my God, the the fact yeah. that he was able to win everybody over that much is just amazing to me. He's that good, and I gave it like I think I gave it like nine and a half out of ten thumb reinforced gauntlets. Because, <laughs> you know, gauntlets don't do that. 
But um, so Nutty, Nutty, yeah. we need a food update. What are you? What are you? <laughs> what? Like a jawbreaker. I feel like I I'm boring. Like I'm, I've been working on a, an everlasting gobstopper for a while. Okay, now. there we go. I was trying to figure it out. <laughs> we had uh, Mike saying that you're bouncing again. Yay! I'm bouncing so. again. <laughs> With your Beyond the Wall t-shirt on. Just don't make me dizzy, girl. You keep the bounce and I have to log off yeah. sooner. <laughs> I have my, which I don't know if it's backwards, but I have my Keep Calm and Demand Trial by Combat shirt on. Which Peter which, Dinklage copied. Which Peter, and, uh, yeah, copied. Oh, <laughs> you got to see his one from this week, though. I went yeah. through my pictures, PG. I tried to see if I could find a picture of you where you could see the whole thing. And all of them, the, your lanyard was covering the text. Sorry. Oh well. But you so, did it first. There's pictures. <laughs> yes, B B we 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 agree with you. We were all hoping that HBO would would make this one change and let Oberyn live. But that was in my notes too. Yeah. I was like, if they let him live, oh my god, there's other there's other doors that can open then. And it was like, fuck no, they're gonna leave it. Yeah, I totally agree. <laughs> yeah. I was hoping they'd let it. Yeah. There's no way. Well, and from earlier, Mike yeah. McCauley. Mike McCauley says, uh, <laughs> "I took her wearing that dress. As shit's about to get real." Yeah. Mm-hmm. So. Yeah. I vote for whoever. So, I need to be whine. Who wants you to whine and die? That was about the judge. That was about judge, judge Christie. Uh, <laughs> Sheriff Bullock says, "I can't just vote for whomever you say, PG. I need to be whined and dined first. So, That's if you right. don't live in uh, North Carolina, Sheriff, you're out of luck. So, sorry. <laughs> <laughs> you're probably out of luck if you do." <laughs> So back to episode nine. Um, so we have again the the uh, conversation between Sam and John talking about love. Uh, one thing I liked about that we start getting uh, well, we we have a callback, but it, it's one of those things that uh, um, might come up again. Not a spoiler, but just the way that Sam thinks about. Uh, things that are open to interpretation and, and <laughs> talking about love and, and how sex isn't, uh, uh, you know, specifically forbidden, just the whole taking a wife and having kids and things like that. So, um, he's put thought into it. He's a smart boy. Yeah. He's, he's been thinking, <laughs> trying to find his way, his loophole. He's getting into the text and finding what he can. That's amazing. How big were her feet? Like, what the hell? What? The fuck? what? Well, <laughs> I don't think you know how things work. It's polite. Well, no, no, I, I thought he was. I thought he was. He was basically joking that he he asks John what she was like, and John kind of goes, "You had red hair," and then sort of trails oh, gotcha. off like that's all he's going to say, and yeah. he's like, "Oh, so yeah, okay. Well, how big were her feet?" <laughs> no, I, I didn't think he really cared about how big her feet were. Right? I took that as um, sarcasm too. Yeah, I, he was like totally sarcastic. Like, what? What are you thinking? <laughs> <laughs> um. I really liked that conversation. I thought it was very deft writing because mm. it worked on a number of levels because a, it's just an illustration of there's the slice of life aspect of it in the sense of we've got these two young men in the position that they're in looking at what seems very likely to be imminent death. Uh, what do they talk about in moments of downtime? I mean, so it felt authentic there it felt like something that they that you know the two the relationship that they have it seems like something that could come up in conversation you know it meaning it would be a topic that they would be interested in 
And I don't, you know, just mean in the lurid sense. But also what it does is it reminds us how John feels about Ygritte and sets up what Sam is feeling about Gilly. And so, and it does all of those things at the same time that we get to establish the setting for up on the top of the wall, um, look out at the forest before the fire has started, um, and to just uh, reestablish to the audience where everything stands in the sense that the army's coming. Yeah, and the so scale I, of it. Yeah, that scene does all of those things, mm -hmm. and I thought it was really actually pretty impressive writing. Yeah, I, 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 yeah, I agree. totally agree, and I think that uh, they did that several times throughout the episode. As far as uh, um, some of the scenes and the conversations were were very good. Um, yeah. Let's see. We have the first mention of uh, Alistair Thorne, where where once uh, once Sam does talk about you know the how he's interpreting the uh, the vows. Um, uh, John says, makes the comment, well, I don't think Alistair would, would agree with that point of view. <laughs> <laughs> so, I like that. Um, they walk down, uh, they walk down to the cage, the elevator. Um, and, um, you know, he keeps asking him about the, uh, about the grit. Um, and they have the line about him not being a poet. And then, um, you know, he says, well, he says um, he got nothing for it except for an arrow six inches from his heart. So um, and that does bring up, you know, the, the, the time dilation mechanics of the te television show in the books. John was still recovering from all his injuries and it was, you know, mm -hmm. much, it was represented much differently. Um, you know, for a lot of, the fight he's sort of up in a tower with a couple other guys in a bow rather than, you know, doing things at the top of the wall, coming down, getting in the middle of the fight. Um, so, uh, you know, definitely. Uh, we got a comment saying bull on that loophole, Christiana. I'm, I, I'm, I'm, I ask for clarification on your comment because I was supporting the conversation as being a good scene and not necessarily supporting that Sam is right to think that he could get away with that kind of a loophole because I think the implication is clear even if you want to wordsmith <laughs> the uh, finer points of what it the words they say um, but I'm not sure what what he means at the same time there doesn't <laughs> seem to be much of a penalty for going to Mallstown unless he gets raided by thins and you die but I well, yeah. <laughs> I think they made it clear up until this point on the show that they're more concerned about people running away and abandoning the wall and I know they've said it on the show and I'm sure they've yeah. said it in the book thousands of times that, you know, everybody knows that the brothers sneak off from time to time mm -hmm. for a little fun it's kind of an open secret. It's normal. kind of like, don't get caught in a way that forces us to have to discipline you on it. Exactly. Yes, so, the survivor um, on the endings on Survivor usually are less messy than on <laughs> Game of Thrones. Good. Very true, Tim. Very most true. Most of the time, yes. Um, so after that, we cut over to uh, to the wildlings um, outside of Castle Black. Uh, Ygritte is sharpening her arrow points, and uh, uh, Tormund starts talking about his his love lovely bear story with with Sheila, and uh, Ygritte's finally had enough of that, and <laughs> you know tells him just I don't want to hear about you know. Hey, Everyone knows you didn't fuck the bear. <laughs> I love that. <laughs> I don't really want to hear about that right now. <laughs> that was awesome. Hey, Chooch. 
Hey, Chooch, did you <laughs> pick up on that story at all on what they were talking about with Tormund and the bear? No. Okay. I was just wondering if if non-book readers had picked up on that. I just thought it was another wacky story. <laughs> oh, that Tormund. <laughs> you know, I think that's how all book readers feel about him too, Chooch. So, uh, <laughs> show has gotten that point across, so that's yeah. good. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Now, is that the same story he was telling John in the... Or was it a different one where he's talking about sex and? No, he said slick things. as a baby seal, and that. Ah, uh, yeah, yeah. Was another animal <laughs> reference. Just not. <laughs> Tormund's been in the wild too long. Oh, that Tormund. Now he's yeah. Um, one of the, that's another thing though that I think was uh, really a good idea in the show, which is uh, that in the books after John left. The wildlings we didn't have any scenes with the wildlings wildling raiding party as they're continuing to get ready to you know attack castle black and so the having the show give us a couple of scenes uh showing the thens coming up but also just in particular reminding us keeping us aware of who Egret and torment are because for the battle being able to follow sort of the hero characters for both sides um, as everything developed was really effective. Mm-hmm. I agree. Yeah. I mean, yeah. Just like I said, the, yeah. Establishing where people are, although it made me laugh. Cause I'm like, I don't know if I'd, you know, build a castle in such a way that you couldn't actually see someone coming up to it. <laughs> they could just hide beyond this hill. That's just a few, yeah. you know, um, or not have someone out there watching for someone, a, an advanced scout or something, but it was, uh, you know, well, yeah, work for the episode. So when, when they zoomed out, like I was thinking as they're putting out the fire, I'm like, how is castle black not seeing that? And then they I zoomed know. out and you could see they were actually pretty far away. Well, there was they like were at the a bottom whole, of a hill. It looked like, right. Yeah. There was a whole yeah, mountain to go over and. Well, and I mean, they showed you grit just sort of run down the hill and, you know, after and looking at the same weather. So. I, I well, agree. I, I don't think that's where they had been making camp, though. I think yeah. that was after Probably. they yeah, had made their way was, a little closer. Yeah. I thought it was funny, though, because at the same time that they're doing that scene, you can see this big gilly wrapped with a baby. You see this giant black figure stop, look down at them at the campsite as they're about talking about almost, you know, being ready to invade, invade the Castle Black. Yeah. And nobody noticed there's yeah. a warg, there's all kinds of guards, there's sentries. They're watching Castle Black and they didn't see this woman with a baby and this huge black swaddling thing walk right yeah. now. Yeah. yeah. Just, that, was uh, my, that was my other note was um, maybe shoot any animals that are like <laughs> <laughs> sitting on top of the wall looking around. Yeah. I totally would. No owls, no eagles, no Well, nothing. especially John should know better now, right? Yeah. I mean, he's, uh, you know. I think, especially because how often do you think owls really do fly up to the top of the wall? Like, yeah. <laughs> probably not very often, I would think. Thank. You, well, and it was, it was, you know, it was acknowledged that they should have listened to his advice, and mm. and hearing, hearing, what was it, Slint saying later on in the show? But there are no, there's no such thing as giants as they're like coming. You know, it's like, oh, yeah, yeah, it's time to kind of leave the bubble in yeah. denial until the very end. Yes, uh, B. Fitz mentions uh, Castle Black doesn't have a southern defense historically. That's another change from the books. Uh, yeah. You know, castle is sort of a you know misnomer. I mean, more of a fort, but it's there. Mm-hmm. There's no external walls to this well, in the book. That's, that's the that's buildings, 
but in the book they put up some barricades and different things, but mm -hmm. not. Uh, oh, not, Nutty like looks like wall she, in the gate. Yeah, go I ahead. going to say what I was going to say. Yeah, probably the same thing. They they do have a gate and everything. They just they can't have any fortified structures. Um, because of something that happened in the past, basically. Well, one yeah. Of the Lord Commander said, "Yeah, I'm I'm king now," and they had to get taken over. So, right. Yeah, it's it's actually a thing to make the castle yeah. not defensible from the south because exactly. the whole idea is it's supposed to be kind of like a show to all the other realms that the if they ever needed to take out the watch, they could because and it's supposed to be a reason yeah. for the watch to not anger the people to the south of them. Yeah, because one yeah, time it, it did happen. Mm -hmm. Right, which is always nice that, you know, the people you get up there to protect you, uh, you have to <laughs> treat them like <laughs> the people that they are now. Um, yeah. Uh, <laughs> and stuff, but, uh, yeah. Um, but, yeah, we get to see the warg for a second. Uh, he looked like that guy, William Fincher, but then I looked him up and he was a different actor. But, uh, I thought, uh, but, um, that's what I kept thinking in the previews and whenever I'd see the commercial. <laughs> yeah, I was like, oh, could that be? And I looked it up. I was like, oh. But um, yeah, so we established that um, again, that uh, in that scene, that uh, Grit's ready to kill some folks. Um, and they actually established something which I thought might happen later in the episode where she tells Steer, uh, the big old thin, that. Mm -hmm. You know, if somebody gets in my way to kill John, I'm going to put an arrow in them. <laughs> and I thought that's what was going to happen. I thought yeah. that, you know, they would they would be having that fight. I was like, oh, here comes your crit. She's going to shoot steer right in the back yeah. of the head so she can kill uh, John herself. But it didn't happen. Um, but from there, we uh, cut over to um, um, the conversation between or in the library between uh, Sam uh, and Maester Eamon, which I, I loved. Mm. Um, just, you know, talking about love and uh, him, uh, Maester Eamon just sort of busting him again for being in love, you know. Oh, I could hear it in your voice. You know, I can't see, can't read these damn books, but I could hear love in your voice, boy. <laughs> that and, was such uh, a cool scene. Yeah. And just the whole discussion. The you know, anytime he's talking about his old life, I like. So, mm -hmm. the, I, I, this wasn't really, I wouldn't even call it a complaint, but I, it did feel a little bit weird just the, the the sort of the reminder of like oh yes i was Eamon targaryen in case anybody forgot because the last time i said so was in season one <laughs> just so I anyone who, who had forgotten about that is still clear so in case you the whole, i grew up in king's landing yeah um, yeah i'm gonna spell it out for you <laughs> especially all they all they had to do is do in the previously on and have you know <laughs> have them say remember i used to be and then you know they didn't have to do that this episode nice but... voice there pg oh shut up and <laughs> i was complimenting you asshole Hello, <laughs> I thought that was a good voice. oh i thought you were like nice voice pg <laughs> <Fuck>. Jesus. <laughs> anyway so um but anyway, uh, yeah, him having the the ninety plus year old guy still around, giving him a good scene was was nice to see. Always good to have. I mean, the but mm -hmm. we've said before, and uh, or I think we've said before. I mean, I think the greatest strength of the show are the one on one scenes with between two good actors, and I thought that was you know another one. Mm -hmm. um, so. Um, 
From that, uh, Sam leaves, walks out, uh, and here's Pip at the gate, and uh, our first sighting of Pip, and he, uh, Gilly is there with the baby after seeing the um, wildlings and sort of going, hmm, and keeps on walking to, to the gate. And then does, does she even really bring it up that, you know, she, that they were like right outside or, you know, down the road a little bit, you know, they just sort well, of skip that. She definitely made it clear that let me in now they're please now. I mean, didn't she say something along those lines, Christiana? Um, well, sort of, I mean, she made it clear that she wanted to come in right away, but she didn't say, Oh, by the way, there's a camp of wildlings just down the road. Yeah. Um, but I, I think, even though that aspect of the geography wasn't super clear, I don't think it was intended to imply that they're just like 50 yards away. I, I think agree. they were, they were between Molestown and Castle Black, but it wasn't supposed to be just like literally right over the other hill. I think when we see them attack, they had already made their way closer by then. That yeah. was my impression anyway, even though visually it wasn't super obvious. Yep. Kevin I think the, if they were literally right behind her, she would have said something. Yeah. <laughs> Kevin in the Q&A, just to make sure you know, I'm not sure if you've watched before. We, uh, you, you were straying close to a spoiler, and we, we try to keep that out, even out of the chat, for, uh, for, for those purposes. I missed a spoiler, damn it. <laughs> and, it wasn't uh, really, but... Yeah. Also, stop trying to make me sniffle. Yeah, don't make <laughs> any sniffle. So um, from there, uh, yeah, they, uh, and uh, we have another example of which I love the callback to Gilly taking everything literally. <laughs> when, when Sam says, I will never leave you alone again or never leave you again. And, and then she realizes that he didn't mean it that way and gets all upset. I thought that was awesome. That was so cute. <laughs> well, I, I think she she had a point, too, though, that really was needed to. First of all, it felt real that she would say that, but also just that uh, it, Sam's reaction was something we needed to see, too, which just this mm -hmm. idea of if you stay in here with me, you might be able to protect me against the one or two that could come through and get to this point. But if you just go out there, you're just going to get killed. And then and then what? You know, then I have no one here to help me. Right. Um, and so I could understand that her her fear of being left alone, especially at that point where she had already felt a little bit like he left her alone when she didn't want him to. But also just this idea that we needed to have Sam make it clear is like, look, I, I, I want to protect you. And the best way I can do that is to have you stay in here. But I do need to go help my brothers defend the wall. Yeah. Um, you know, we're all in the same boat mm -hmm. here. And if they, if the uh, wildlings overrun us, they're going to come in here, whether I'm in here or not, but out there, I might be able to help my brothers and help it be more. Yeah. Right. I think she would have had way better luck if there had been a cave with like a hot tub and <laughs> sweet lighting and it was warm and stuff like John got. I think we could just stay in here forever. We don't have to go back right. to the castle. Yeah. Nothing. <laughs> yeah. I mean, and one of, I guess the themes of the episode is just showing how Sam has grown as a man, you know, yelling at Pip. I've never heard you <laughs> curse before or whatever he said. And, he was, used well, to it. I, I think it was a good example of both, uh, you know, we were, we were seeing this from John over, over a 
you know, a gradual arc, but seeing some of it from Sam too, of just as they gradually become the actual smartest and most experienced people left, um, it starts being a thing where it's, it's one thing Pip to say you have rules to not open the gate. On the other hand, this is Gilly. We know Gilly. We thought she was dead. Turns out, guess what? She's alive <laughs> with a baby standing right there. No one else around. Open the fucking gate. <laughs> Come on. <laughs> exactly. No, I, I liked that he lost his patience there. Just it's like, dude, come on. Like, think about this for just five seconds and then answer. <laughs> right. Yep. Well, and it kind of goes to show a lot of what you see in Sam. He does a lot of critical thinking. He's not just following orders, whereas so many of the brothers are just following orders. If you look at Sam and John, they are the only two real characters that we see that are in the stewardship, right? So you see just what John was told when he was first put into the stewards, that stewards are meant for greater things. They're meant to... You're, you're being put there because you're being groomed and you're given the chance to do some critical thinking. Um, whereas rangers follow orders and just fight. Builders follow orders and just, you know, build and construct and so forth. Um, so the stewards, it's, it's a very different kind of brother. And in this episode, we get to see both Sam and John just really lead and and that's kind of something that I think I think the original intention was they're going to be groomed for something. And you can see that's really happening and it's happening fast. Right. Um, so at the end, well, the pre- end of the previous scene, the reason they go hide in the uh, pantry or whatever that is, um, is the horns start to sound, uh, realizing that the uh, the attack is coming from beyond the wall. And um yeah, my, my I did the one comment was you know watching that and they go in and and you know, have this door lock the door is like okay well that's going to keep somebody out of there is this you know this this one little room you know it's, it's not like it's a secret door and a secret wall but uh, you know <laughs> but it was a uh, uh, good place to go hide I guess um, as we find out later with Janice mm-hmm. I love that he ends up in the exact same place <laughs> yeah but. Um, yeah, they go. Uh, uh, you see the the fire. Um, we've got uh, um, uh, the first scene where we see Alistair at the top of the wall. Oh, we got we got uh, we got we got Rory showing up. I think our dragon Rory oh, attack taking a bite. Oh my gosh! <laughs> he is. He's oh, knocking my po- headphones off and everything. That, that, that poor goat. No, wait, Rory. <laughs> Um, we have, um, let's see here. Uh, we have the first scene with Alistair where again, one of the things I loved about this episode is that we get to see Alistair Thorne, not be just a prick. He's actually mm-hmm. capable of being a good leader and, uh, you know, makes yeah. a good rousing speech later, which we'll get to, but, um, you know, hit the, the scene between him and John was really good. I uh, thought, um, just and it, the it idea. shows when shit hits the fan, he, he cares. Like he yeah. may be a brusly jerk that's really mean to everybody, but he actually cares about all of his brothers, even John. Mm-hmm. Yep, and he does make the point that you know if you uh, you know if you if you're a leader and you start questioning yourself, then it's the end, and then uh, you know little the little twats are going to end up dead too. So. <laughs> 
Yeah, I, 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 that was one thing that I was kind of unexpected for me in this episode, but I really appreciated was it, it's not not like redeeming Thorn exactly, but just this this idea of showing this additional layer to him and mm. a remind acting as a reminder that um, just because someone's a jerk sometimes does not mean that they have fundamentally opposed goals or motivations from you. And sometimes when it comes down to it, you say, Oh, look, common enemy right there. I guess we are on the same side. Mm -hmm. And so I liked that, um, in this dire moment, they were able to, uh, connect in that way. And, uh, although it's jumping ahead a little bit, uh, he had a pretty badass fight with, uh, torment. Uh, yeah. Although there was that one moment where you see him kind of like briefly decide to try swinging his sword around the post and then kind of going, oh, <laughs> yeah, that's not going to work. Never mind. <laughs> I, that. I was I was so happy for that fight scene. I was I was like, yes, he's getting he's getting a good death. It matters. It counts. Well, he didn't. He, we, don't, we don't see him die. They dragged him out still shouting. And all they said was that he'd fallen. Right. Yeah, I thought um, that. but that's what I meant. Like that, we got to see him actually fight, mm -hmm. and it was against Tormund, and Tor mm -hmm. and 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 Tormund, he got a great fight, and it was against a good opponent. Because right. I'm sorry, there's no way like one of those little boys that were fresh recruits were going to be able to stand up to Tormund and give us that awesome fight. So it well, was right, great. like it was we saw the master cut arms. his way through like yeah. nine or ten guys. Yeah. Um. Um, but I, again, this just comes back to what we were saying earlier, the idea that they established significant characters on both sides allowed mm -hmm. for that, both for the Tormund and Alistair uh, Thorn fight, and then also, uh, you know, when John's fight with uh, Steer or whatever his name was yeah. later. Mm -hmm. Yeah, there were a couple of different boss fights going on, and it was And awesome. the Giants, the Giants, too. And I like the, uh, the, the, the one guy, they should one wildling guy for like a split second and they, he sort of paused right in the mid frame there and then he ended up being the guy that sam kills with the crossbow later and i was like okay well yeah. that, you know that's why they they established his uh who he was that he looked a little bit different that sort of thing mm -hmm. um, yeah. nice work sam by the way <laughs> yeah, sam the man um, i sam the i liked that too especially since um show sam got cheated out of um what was one of his biggest moments of badass in the books with namely the Sam, the Slayer thing, which in the show happened with only Gilly as a witness. And so half of everybody doesn't even believe that it happened. Um, whereas in the books, many people saw it and was like, Oh wow. Even though they still kind of teased him, it was still not unquestioned that it actually happened. And so, you know, to have him get an, another chance at, visible <laughs> success yeah that was nice yeah. yeah we had a few comments as we've been going along um bfit says i wish there had been a third horn yeah i was counting horns as, as they were blowing <laughs> um mm -hmm. master amon should have studied how to make wildfire at the citadel sheriff bullock says that would have been good link uh, mm. uh, I don't yeah. think Eamon has a Valerian link. He would have to have that before mm -hmm. he could learn how to make wildfire. Um, B 
Beefit says Master Eamon is such a gift to book readers, not necessarily viewers. I think uh, that's true. That's true in some respects. I think some some yeah. viewers well, definitely get a kick out of him. But uh, yeah, definitely though. Certainly, the yeah. In the books, he's he's able to supply a lot of the historical backstory and um, texture that is nice in the books, but the show doesn't really have time to cover. Um, so we, we have a bit more of him actually providing us with inf interesting information in the books versus the, the show just has less time to cover yeah. things that are not about what's happening now. Yeah. Uh, Nicole, I guess talking about Master Eamon, talking about his, his love life. Yeah. Maybe? Yeah. Well, me no, I think, it, I think he, she's mentioning how I, Pointed out that he kind of name drops himself. <laughs> ah, yes, yes. If you were a Targaryen, you'd do the same thing. Ah, that, yeah. that makes sense. Very good. <laughs> uh, and Mike McCauley says, by the way, Sam was told to go to bed twice, first by John, then by the old blind guy in the library. He didn't listen. Yeah, he should have. He could have slept through the whole thing and you know, <laughs> not had all that trouble. Gilly <laughs> would be uh, dead. Yeah, she'd be out outside the gate knocking. So. I, I don't know of, uh, how many people we have here who are uh, Thrilling Adventure Hour listeners, but I just suddenly envisioned someone at the wall, maybe Thorne, just going, now I don't want no trouble at my place. <laughs> <laughs> so hopefully if you are a Thrilling Adventure Hour listener, you will get that. Otherwise, maybe not. But I enjoyed it myself, so that's really all I care about. Was Grit the only female present at the battle, other than Gilly in the in the pantry? I guess she was. They didn't really show. There may have been some outside the wall, uh, like in the tree line. Of course, you don't see as many. Uh, Certainly, the only one there. we 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 noticed. Yeah. Um, Beefit says, "I love that great tracking scene. Fabulous. Yeah, there was mm -hmm, two of them." Mm -hmm. Two of them primarily in the first one, you know, showing the, you know, the ones outside the wall up to the fire, you know, over the wall to the fire. So you get, I mean, they really, again, really good establishing of the idea of, you know, Castle Black being at the bottom, top of the wall, you know, the tree line, all that, all that was uh, well established up front. So that made, so it made sense of the idea of going up and down the wall. And then when, you know, Gren comes down to protect the, uh, the inner gate, um, you know, they had already uh, done a good good job of establishing all of that, so that was mm -hmm. that was good. Uh, let's see. So uh, Pip is outside putting you know putting arrows into the barrels and buckets. Um, good conversations throughout the episode with uh, Sam and Pip. Um, so you know. Mm -hmm. A couple of, uh, again, some of the things that, that changed and maybe surprised some people. Uh, Pip dying uh, in this battle. I think I don't think that was in the book. I uh, couldn't remember. Gren dying. Gren dying was different uh, in the book. Mm -hmm. They didn't have it. They didn't establish on the show. There was a blacksmith, Donald Noy, who's a mm -hmm. one-armed blacksmith, and he was a badass. <laughs> he was a book. badass. And uh, you know yeah. he was. He was sort of leading everything down at the bottom or in Castle Black with, with the, that attack because uh, everybody else was at the top of the wall. And Alistair Thorne wasn't at the wall. They were still traveling to the wall at this point in the book. So he wasn't there to uh, lead. Yeah. Uh, I, they, so. 
it was interesting just because um, a lot, you know, throughout the seasons where we've had stuff at the wall, there was were several secondary characters that we didn't get to see in the show at all because they just either changed the scene altogether or they gave those bits to some other character like Pip or Gren or Ed. Um, mm. But uh, so just to, you know, I think they kind of wrap that up because, of course, we have Gren all largely the same way that Donald Noy did in, in the book, which is, yeah. um, you know, trying and succeeding at uh, defending that inner gate from the giant, but at the cost of his own life. And so yeah. I, I, I tell you, all of the deaths in this episode, I, I felt very keenly. I thought each one. Uh, you know, earned was not, is not right. But I just mean, I felt all of those, they seemed meaningful and respectful of the characters. Yeah. I agree. Yep, they all if worked. they had to go, they went that way. Yeah. And they went a lot. Yeah, of I, I kind of didn't quite get into the, the one that I'm sure we'll talk more about a little bit later. Yeah. Yeah. No, I, I think like there were so many, there were so many different deaths. I don't know how many, but I bet PG does because of the survey. No, not I yet. don't. Not yet. <laughs> okay, because that, uh, wow. All I could think while I was watching this was like, I would never be able to count this. I can't count them <laughs> to begin with, but this is insane. Yeah. Um, I, but- I st- yeah, I got to the point, and for those who did uh, submit a survey, uh, I will be. we will be announcing that next week. Reason being that I got to the point where they were fighting in the courtyard and different things, and uh, there was no way I could tell Watcher from Wildling in some cases. So I, mm. I you know, I got to go back and actually watch this in slow motion in some way in some cases. So maybe maybe we can to, get some of just going to have to. Maybe we can get some of our listeners to help you out there because I know uh, we every now and then we have a couple that try to correct you. So those <laughs> that normally get a good count, if you could help PG, that would be fantastic. Yeah, if you want to, um, yeah, send me a list and I'll do an average because uh, you know the numbers were so high. You know, yeah, you just need yeah. a round number probably be able to come up with the winners. I'm pretty sure mm-hmm. my guess wasn't over. Let's just say that. <laughs> um, what was what was I say? Oh, yeah. And just as I was watching all of these different deaths, like none of them felt cheap to me. None of them felt gratuitous and none of them felt um, like unimportant or like they just threw it in there so that they could say, oh, yeah, this person died, too. Mm-hmm. It, it was all very powerful. Um, I don't know if this is the only I, I know Battle of the Blackwater. We really didn't leave King's Landing, but it didn't feel as completely like one area as this episode is, you know, the yeah. fact that we didn't move anywhere. Um, there was no, you know, we didn't go to Maester Eamon who's cowering inside and wondering if he had to kill himself. That was a joke about Cersei. <laughs> um, <laughs> but um, the, like the pacing on this was so good and just watching everything happen. Like I f- felt like mm-hmm. I didn't blink. Yeah. Well, it really well. Let's give a shout out to to just the production designers and whoever decided on the budget for this episode, just because I feel like this yeah. episode more than any other episode to date, I feel like really nailed the the, the sense of scale that we was needed for mm-hmm. the size of this this battle. Um, you know, because even the big battle scenes we've seen in the past um, were either much shorter or if we talk about the Blackwater. Blackwater was a great episode, but, you know, there still was a little bit of, yep, so there's about 20 guys rushing at a wall that's supposed to stand in for a huge battle. 
but this this yeah. one felt a lot more like they 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 nailed it visually in terms of having it feel uh, as epic as we know it's supposed to be given the story. Although I still had that split second of, okay, we got a hundred thousand here and we got about 10, 10 guys and a mammoth and two giants going to the gate. Well, yeah, but as John points out, I know, I know but I'm just saying when, when they started <laughs> running it out, I was still like, okay, we can only, we only have enough money for this number of people here. So. <laughs> I'm sorry, but that fire was the, like when, that fire that they lit definitely fulfilled the promise of being the biggest fire the North has ever seen to me. Um, I was really afraid that they were going to have like a really cheesy, you know, oh yeah, this is, this is a big fire. And it's like, really? I've done bigger than that on Fire <laughs> Island. I mean, come on. <laughs> so I was, I, I was, I was going to say, yeah, have someone up there just looking, you know, we see the fire, the big effect shot, the big pan, and then just, eh, I've seen bigger. <laughs> I must say it doesn't get more badass than a giant riding a mammoth. Was, yeah, I yeah. did I did although the 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 moment of the uh show for me was the the giant firing the bow. Oh yeah. And hitting the guy and knocking mm-hmm. him 100 feet in the air. I thought that was hilarious. <laughs> That was well, awesome. and then and actually following it all the way down to seeing where this guy lands. I, and everyone, yes. It was yeah. a fantastic segue back to the battle at the front. I mean, it mm-hmm. literally carried you over the wall and down right into the middle of it. Yeah. it was, yeah. I was yeah. like, oh my God, that's so gross. Oh, that's brilliant. Yeah, keep going on that side. Yeah. <laughs> I would get to see him great. impaled by a tree branch. Jesus Christ. I, I, I did have one small, not even, I just, you know, things they do for a TV show to show yeah. cool things. Mm-hmm. Um, you probably in the darkness, you wouldn't use fire arrows when there's no reason to use fire arrows. So like, you know, firing off the wall with these fire arrows so mm. that your enemy can see the arrows coming. Um, not exactly. Yeah. Not exactly sound strategy, but isn't that something that they do in more time? Well, oh. more times. I, I don't well, read yeah, more books, like, but it would give them more light on the field when the, when the arrows land, there's more light on the field so they can see their targets better. Yeah. They missed be. Because mm-hmm. maybe. I said, plus you're burning and impaled. Yeah. <laughs> Cauterized wound. That seems yeah. like it's helping. Oh wait, oh, yeah, then they don't kidding. have to go back uh, and burn the bodies. Kidding, kidding, kidding. I, I don't think getting shot with a flaming arrow helps you at all <laughs> versus a regular arrow. I, I think that just kidding. They don't have to go back and. Besides, and, your blood would put the fire out just right away. Anyway. Oh right, right. All the blood that's pouring out. That's right. Um, <laughs> I was gonna say it just means they don't have to go back and burn the bodies. So. The grits arrows were Thank not you, Chooch. That's right. That, that Chooch has it. Yes. They don't have to go back and burn the bodies now because they're already burning. <laughs> exactly. Hers were not burning because she didn't want them. She didn't want anybody to see her arrows coming like Pip. Oh, oh sorry, Pip. <laughs> oh, oh, well, I think well, that was another example of something that made, made it feel more meaningful as starting to build momentum for what was going to happen between her and John is this idea of we have seen her kill a number of people in the various raids on the villages and so on. But in order to convey how far it's come between those two and to really just ramp up this sense of impending tragedy, you just have to realize, like, she, she's killing people that we like. And so that means that even, like, taking her alive and then they get to be together is not something that could happen. No. It's just not it's it couldn't be allowed to happen at all 
And John and, has said as much. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Well, I mean, he knew it, but I just mean it's it's also driving that home, I think, in the hearts of the viewer of just yeah. realizing that they're really there never could have been any other choice. And that's actually what's so heartbreaking about it is just recognizing it, it, it's a little bit like with um, Shay and Tyrion in the sense of mm. realizing that what they each want is just so fundamentally opposed that it does, even though they do deeply love each other, there's just no way that they right. could ever be together. It's just impossible. And yet it hurts so much. And so I, I thought that was, um, so having her, for example, be the one to kill Pip. Yeah. Was really sort of building to that, this idea of there's really, I mean, one of them or the other is going to die. There's just no other way this yeah. can play out. Yeah. Yep. Um, sort of getting back to the timeline as, as the wildlings attack castle block underneath, um, uh, word gets up to the top, and Alistair decides he's going to go downstairs and leaves leaves Janice Slint in charge. <laughs> and I just love the next scene of you know first John <laughs> yelling at him for being stupid, and then as Viv pointed out, him talking about you know giants. They're oh. just stories when <laughs> you know they're right there. And yeah. then, they're uh, right there on mammoths. <laughs> Gren Gren being being cool guy comes around and says proactive. Hey. Pro yes, instead of. <laughs> Oh, John's going to get in trouble again. I better go uh, rescue him <laughs> yeah, here. Right? <laughs> and, so loyal. Uh, yeah, well, so. and he was also, he was insulting all of the men instead of inspiring yeah. them. He's insulting yeah. them and telling them that they're going to lose. He's like, yeah. you suck. I used to I used to run the city guard. You guys suck. What, what, giants? They oh, aren't real. Good for Grant. He showed, he showed a lot more intelligence in that episode than in any other one. Yeah. I think, was he the one that they made fun of for being dumb? Um, yeah, well, I think well, so. Yeah, made, there multiple yeah, ones. Made, but he yeah. showed a lot of intelligence in that. Oh, Just that yeah. one little blip of a, oh, yeah, they need you downstairs. He can't win without you. Thorn well, needs you. <laughs> that was fucking I, I think everything that Slint said, though, I mean, there was no, like, there was no insult there. He was literally just repeating things that he had said before. He was completely... Just brain of shut off panic yeah. mode. Mm -hmm. Everything he said while he was standing there was something he had said oh, earlier or something that Thorne true. had said earlier, like repeating the whole bit about the gate being steel, repeating the bit about, oh, yeah. the giants aren't real. Um, I mean, he was, he was just saying words because he was in total panic mode. I, and that's, yeah. I think why giving him an opportunity that didn't mean he has to continue fighting them. So like mm -hmm. even yeah. this idea of, is he insulting them? I don't think he was. Oh, I don't mind, he's he not insulting. He's just saying yeah. things. But it, it it's having that effect is oh, what yeah, I'm yeah. saying. No, yeah. No, it's no, like I what he's saying is damaging to the battle more mm -hmm. than, you know, I mean, it's not just that he is uh, lacking in leadership. It's he's doing the exact opposite. He's breaking them down instead of building them up. Um, I was kind of hoping John would have a nice speech when he took over, but he didn't. But that's okay because we got a really awesome one from Ed later on. So that was good. Um, but yeah, just getting him out of there was like the best thing that they could have done. And actually him hiding might have been the best thing he could have done too. <laughs> <laughs> I think they were already charged. And with how much respect John has, he didn't need to give a big speech. It's like, it's go time. Let's get down to business. Yeah. I, uh, I thought you were just about to say, Nutty, you know, we got a good speech from Alistair later. And I was just like, okay. And the only thing I could think of, even though I liked the speech, was, 
not exactly the best time to give a speech when they're actually coming over and attacking yeah. at, you know, <laughs> no, but, no, no. Uh, I just, I, I loved Ed. Ed was great. Yeah. <laughs> they um, all really, all of those, those guys that were just little shits when John and Sam arrived, they just, they were like the sterling examples that you hoped for. And that Alistair Thorne, I don't remember how he said it in the, in the show, but I know in the book he was, one of the times that he got down on Sam was, you know, one of these days, this guy is going to be protecting you. He's going to be behind you, protecting you. Is this the kind of guy you want protecting you? And that is why now we, for everybody that thought that they were just sitting there and waiting and looking, going out on ranges every once in a while, we got to see what Thorne was talking about. That when mm-hmm. this shit really hits the fan, that you really do want somebody strong. And the fact that Sam isn't a strong fighter, but he's taken down a White Walker and a Thin. <laughs> with one shot each, you know, I think he's a little underestimated, but it was awesome. In to see fairness, how- there is some substantial luck both, on both occasions, but yeah, yeah. His, I think his, part of his, what, honey? I'll just say his fight or flight instincts working a little different than Slunt's. <laughs> I, mean, I also think the fact that he, he trained and was always the one uh, loading the crossbow is the only reason he got that arrow in. Oh, yeah. Good one. Yeah. Seeing him do that, the you know, for the, the up until that point during the battle, he he just kept loading uh, the crossbow and he was doing it really fast and he was yeah. doing it really well. And and he wasn't looking at it when he was doing it because he was trying to keep other people on task. So yeah. I thought it was everything was laid out really well. You know, everything mm-hmm. was like Lego bricks building up for what was coming next. Yeah. Mm-hmm. There it goes. Yes. And uh, speaking of of. Loading the crossbow, we had the scene, you know, when the f- attack first starts where Pip is firing the crossbow and keeps missing. He's cursing at himself and then he finally hits somebody and, you know, says he got him right in the heart. And Sam's like, um, you know, is it still, is, is, is it the over? battle over? Can we, can we leave now? They keep shooting, <laughs> dumbass. <laughs> I awesome. love snarky Sam. Snarky Sam is my favorite. Good shooting, kid. Don't get cocky. Because it's subtle, too. It wasn't like, hey, dumbass. It was like, is it over? No, keep shooting. <laughs> it was nice. Well, that's kind of <laughs> like a sarcastic comment of how big are her feet. Like, I think his his snark is, is subtle. It's underplayed. <laughs> I love Sam. Uh, the wildlings start climbing the wall. Uh, we see the first giants and the mammoths, and that starts. Um, Ygritte is killing just one after the other. I still don't know how how they actually won the fight because it seemed like they only had 102 and they were dropping yeah, their flies. But uh, yeah, somehow the tide turned and didn't quite convey that maybe as 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 well as it could have well, been oh, conveyed. Yeah. They, they only had 102, but they only really had to deal with on the ground was the raiding parties yeah. that came. And they still have thousands of people, but they were able to kill two giants and make a mammoth run on fire on On fucking fire. (sighs) And they killed quite a few wildlings on the the other side of the wall. That's enough to kind of make them go, all right, we're done. And as John said, they're done. They're done for tonight, but they're going to come back tomorrow. So, yeah, I'm only saying the the idea of. How they showed many, many of the watchers down at the bottom getting killed, and yeah. the yeah. two, I, I, you know, the two major, you know, 
Tormund being taken down after everything was pretty much over and, you know, <laughs> and uh, Stir being taken down was sort of the, the, you know, turning point, but they didn't, yeah. it didn't seem to convey the turn in the actual battle as well as yeah. I thought they could have, although I still enjoyed the hell out of it. So, yeah. Um, so I know I missed part of the conversation and I apologize that did you guys already talk about Pip's death scene? Because I have a particular opinion that I know Christiana's not gonna like, but <laughs> we can jump to it. We talked a little bit about it, but go ahead. No, we we didn't really get into it. I can it, save though. it for my 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 uh No, no, no. No, we're we're I we, didn't, yeah. we, I, didn't, we didn't get to it, so we're we can do it right now. Go ahead. It's no I I love you grit. I think she's been a pain in the ass, and I haven't minded knowing what was coming for her. I love what she brought out in John, but she always irritated the shit out of me. And I'm not terribly sad that I don't have to hear that line again. But my note when um, Egret killed Pip was, fucking Egret killed Pip. Fuck that ginger minge, which is what... <laughs> <laughs> which is what Steric called her earlier because it's like, fuck you, I love Pip, don't do that. Of all the people mm -hmm. to kill Pip, it had to be her. And you're right because it also laid the groundwork of we know they can't be together. It shows that, you know, they're always going to be conflicted. And it was like I told Chooch when we were watching and I was like, it's so hard to not root for Tormund and Egret, mm -hmm. even though they're the bad guys that are storming the castle and, and going to bring all this doom on the south, allegedly, and all this stuff. And it's just like, it, it was really hard because they're such fucking awesome characters that you don't mm -hmm. want them to die and you don't want anything bad to happen to them, but you don't want them to succeed. I don't want them to succeed. Well, right. Yeah. I mean, that's why, you know, I, I agree that it was heartbreaking to have Pip die and, and to have, um, have a grit do it. Yeah. I know you but love it so much, but I think they, they built so well. Why again, it's, you know, it's like they are the antagonists, surely here and they've yeah. done some things that we don't like but we also have to remember the position that they find themselves in of which course. is all these people built a big wall that is trapping us up here with the white walkers Egret's and they are going way. to they don't care they're going to let us all die up there unless we force our way down yeah and so this this is the only way to do that and so I just have to apologize to Christiana because I know how much you love her. And as soon as I wrote it, I thought, Christiana loves her. I can't say this, but I'm so mad because I love Pip so much. He, oh, they made I us really Egret love those too. boys. Where's my apology? I, I haven't heard you talk about Egret the way Christiana does. Though. I'm sorry. Yeah. I apologize, Nettie. And anybody else that Christiana I offended. Most of the time, Christiana says what I'm thinking. And I'm just like, okay, I don't got to say that. <laughs> but you don't have to apologize at all. Like, that's the thing. Um, I I feel like everybody's allowed to like or not like certain characters. And mm -hmm. that is totally up to you. I mean, I when for the longest time, I hated Sansa. And you love Sansa. Oh, but it took yeah. the books getting into Sansa's head for me to care about her. Yeah. But because of of all of that, going through and seeing Sansa from the beginning, like, I have more appreciation for Sansa yeah. now. Because mm -hmm. I've heard your side of it. So... Mm -hmm. That's why I think it's really great that we talk about these different characters of if mm -hmm. we like them or we hate them, we yeah. should talk about that because then it gives you another idea. Yeah, yeah absolutely. I, I was going to tease a little bit that uh, because 
you should absolutely not feel guilty for a, your opinion here. The fact that you feel guilty is making me think maybe you're really conflicted after all. I was just going to say, I'm just so <laughs> fucking <laughs> Get out of my head, Alice. Get out of my head. No, I was just sitting there thinking it's, I, it's really one of those things. It's like I don't really like Egret because of where she, where she falls in the storyline. And mm. as, an, you know, she's a natural predator for John, I guess, or... They're well, predator sir, prey to each other. Kind of, they, you know, they hunt each other as far as wildlings versus crows. Mm-hmm. And so it's hard. It was hard for me to give my heart to her anyways. You know, like everybody else just loves her and I love her and I love her strength. And goddamn, she totally brought it in that battle, too, because she mm-hmm. was knocking off people twice as fast as those thens were with those arrows. She was yeah. scary dangerous. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Well, yeah, I'm conflicted. God damn it. Thanks. We get more Ygritte in this battle because in the books, we don't really know what she's doing. Exactly. Yeah. And we'll get exactly. to that later on. I'll, yeah. I'll, we'll get more into what actually happens to her in the book. Yeah. Um, because yeah. it's very drastically different. Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. And it has a whole different emotional range, I think. Agreed, um, which is one of the reasons I'm pissed, but go ahead. <laughs> So, um, so it was really neat to see her actually in action and doing that. And when we were talking about the arrows on fire, I mean, like she was like a ninja because nobody mm-hmm. was really coming after her. She was going in between the fighting and picking people off. Whereas mm-hmm. other wildlings were not getting away with that. Like she is definitely, you know, the in the trees kind of a fighter and, and she was making it work and it was really neat to be able to see yeah. that because in the books, we don't really see that. We we no. see that she was with a party mm-hmm. and John joins them, but they don't really get into fights or anything. So you don't really know is she as good as she says she is. Well, yeah. and even Tormund said it, you know, I've seen you take out the eye on a rabbit from a hundred yeah. yards or whatever. So we've heard the stories, but I mean, even, even so, I think the fact that, She's so intelligent that she takes her size and her her body. You know, she's lithe and she's small, so she can get down real low and not even be noticeable. Like you said, you know, it was really, it, it was smarter than being one of the people that runs in with an axe because she wasn't ever yeah. going to be able to kick ass that way. Mm-hmm. She kicked ass. With yeah, that she was bow. totally sniping the entire battle. Like she was just moving from place to place, mm-hmm. staying on the outside of the fight, mm-hmm. um, not really having anybody come after her because the moment you notice where an arrows come from, she's gone. She's gone and it's in you. <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> well, the so other like, thing, I mean, like, Sam wouldn't be able to figure out who, who fired that. Yeah. Sorry, yeah. I cut you off, Christiana. That's all right. I was just going to say, in the books, you're right that we didn't really see her actually do very mm-hmm. much uh, directly on camera, as it were. Um, it, the implication is just there that we have to remember Mance sent her as one of the people yeah. on this raiding party to go yeah. over the wall. I don't think he's sending just, hey, who volunteers? You know, it's it's yeah, it's exactly. people who uh, he thinks are going to be able to get the job done. And so if yeah. she, she's one of the people that she, he sends with with this this group that's I think yeah. that right there speaks a lot to her her skills as as something that are known within her group yeah and also in the books we get more of Mance so like we trust his judgment yeah whereas I don't really know Mance in this so I don't really trust his judgment how about mm-hmm. you Chooch yeah. do you feel like you know have a good grasp on Mance as a character or no I certainly you did a- the scenes that he was in way back when but I'm sure nothing like the books. Hmm. Yeah, it doesn't you know, it get much weird. screen time. I was going to say, for all of the flashbacks that they do at the beginning of the episodes, do you remember them doing any with Mance recently? 
Mm-hmm. Um, it hasn't hasn't come up recently. Yeah. Yeah. So getting back to the story, um, they have the we have sort of the things going on all at the same time. We've got the um, giant and the mammoth attacking, uh, which causes or once once the mammoth runs away, but the uh, giant is all of a sudden able to just lift the gate. Um, Try the first time. Um, well, no, the, I mean the issue was he lifts the gate, but then it just slides back down again. They wanted to pull the gate out so that they didn't have to keep it lifted. The mammoth right. was trying to rip it off. Right. I was saying that one one of them could lift it, and mm-hmm. you know, the, the, anyway, the uh, but that causes Gren to our John to send Gren down to protect the inner gate. Mm-hmm. Uh, at the same time. Sam is, uh, Pip has died. Sam is, uh, trying to figure out what's going on. When Gren gets down, Sam is there and he's like, Oh good, more help. And he's like, uh, no, we gotta go. <laughs> we gotta go to the inner gate. And he's like, damn it. We go got talk a giant. to John. Mm-hmm. Go talk uh, to John. So, let, um, go ahead. Let's cover just for a moment. The fact that they, they took just an extra beat in that bit where, uh, John sends Gren down to, to defend the gate where there's this not directly spoken, but definitely understood moment between them of like, you need to hold this gate, you know, defend it with your life. If you have to, it's that important. And I think that really being conveyed between the two of them, this understanding that John knows full well, I might just be sending him to his death right now. Mm -hmm. But it has to be done and having that be something that's understood by both, both people. And I thought that that was uh, nice that they took just a slight extra beat to make sure that we knew they both understood that. Great. They really did a beautiful Great. job. I think with those interplays, I know we've said it a hundred times, but Jesus, amazing, <laughs> really amazing. Uh, and then we have the, the important story point of Sam telling Ollie you know, you got to get this elevator up and down. And as he's leaving, he's, hey, grab a weapon, get get in the fight. Mm-hmm. And of course, he's uh, later is the one that kills uh, Ygritte. So that was uh, actually the one thing in the episode I wasn't sure I was a super fan of, honestly. <laughs> um, I loved it. He yeah. saw his parents butchered. He yeah, I mean, it was it was a good that that killed. That you know what I mean? Killed. You know. Yeah. Well, I, that I, so I get that. But, like, first of all, even when it just happened with Sam right there, I couldn't help but think it's like, you just told him, send me up to the top, then when we give the signal, bring us down. Oh, yeah. And then pick up a weapon and go fight. So it's like, wait, is he supposed to wait until you give the signal and then bring you down and then go fight? Or what? Because you kind of I, just gave him conflict. Well, I, 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 I sort of took it. I sort of took it as he. Yeah, you need to defend yourself, not just sit there and yeah. be scared. You, you know, there's a instructions were not clear to an yes. untrained, panicking little boy. <laughs> to a little boy from yeah. Mul- exactly. Yeah, I thought the more important thing was just how he did, like with Pip twice. Yeah. He calmed him down, like you had the jitters before the no. battle, and he did the talk. And then I like that. Dying. That was a quibble, but also <clears throat> just this idea that I, I, I didn't buy that the kid would be able to fire an arrow with the effect effectiveness and distance that we're talking about to actually be lethal 
He's not trained. This is. He I, said I, in our earlier episode he was the best shot in his village. So. <laughs> I would have rather no, it had just been a straight arrow from some random person. I would have to to take out Ygritte. That would have worked better for me. Believability. Little, I agree. Yeah. They, I, 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 I kind of. Cathartic wise, I'm glad the kid got to take out a wildling that may not have been the one that butchered his parents, well, but was she, one of the wildlings the that attached it. She was it. Okay. the one that killed her father with the yeah. arrow through the neck. Mm-hmm. So and I kind of thought in this scene, like when later on, uh, I totally thought it was going to be Sam that was going to yeah. kill her. I thought I it was going to be an, an arrow from Sam. And so when that happened, I was like, whoa, wait a minute. Yeah. That is not where mm-hmm. I thought this story was going. Yeah. Yeah. But so this now is not that a, PG yeah. mentions that he was the greatest shot in his village, it really is all planned and stacked up to happen. So that's kind of yeah. interesting. Well, <laughs> I, and and see, PG, I appreciate that callback because I did not remember that line. Did you make it up or is it real? He said, no, it's real. They, okay. they, they would not let him pick up. A, they wouldn't let him pick up a sword. And he said, yeah, yeah. "I was the best shot in my village." That's and, right. Well, okay, you're totally about him. I'm just. I, I'm not making this a big deal, <laughs> but I will. But you won't say, let it go. As soon as you say it's not a big deal, it's a big deal. I'm kidding. Well, I I do want to just say though that just like as someone who sometimes writes things. This idea, oh, it was all planned from the beginning. I think the way this was planned from the beginning is we were thinking, hmm, we're writing episode nine. Who should we have kill a grit? Oh, I know. Maybe we could have it be the kid. So let's go back to season episode whatever yeah. and add a line where he says, oh, I'm oh. the best shot in my village in order to support this later. So it's like planning it in advance. I think that oh. was a perfect example of they planned that retroactively. No, right. no, I got to say, if you're going to take out a character as beloved as Ygritte, Mm-hmm. I think that the best way that they're going to be able to get viewers that love her to be okay with it is for there to be some catharsis or some something positive to come from it. Even if all mm-hmm. it is is this little kid feels a little bit of vengeance for his dad. You know what I mean? Or, yeah, I, I hope, saved somebody. I hope that makes it work for everybody else. It, <laughs> it does for it me. It doesn't pull it off for me. I you, think Chief? what it might do, sorry, just this is the last thing I'll say on this particular <laughs> subject. The only thing that it does for me is it seems like maybe they're trying to establish Ollie as a, an ongoing character. And so in that sense, maybe I'll, I'll you know, there will be further development with this kid. I hope so, because to me, that's really the only reason to give him this particular kill. What were you going to say, Chooch? There was something you were going to say a minute ago. I don't think so. I think so. well then i'll take chooch's uh moment here i actually didn't find it cathartic that he got to kill those that killed his parents i actually found it kind of sad okay Hmm. (laughs) first kill like this is a little boy right yeah and he just killed someone yeah like that's a huge deal (laughs) how long does it take Arya to be okay with the fact that she's killed people and then starts never. People. No, she'll never be okay <laughs> with it. You're never. I, I don't no, think I a think child can okay kill somebody and be okay, but I think that that's what's going to help him get through the present time, which is grieving his family, helping these people fight. You know, get food cooked and feed the soldiers and heal the soldiers that are injured before the next crop of people come to try and kill him again. So it's definitely it's like Arya, where it's a survival thing. It's not ideal. I'd love to have Ilan Payne come in and do it instead, but. I think it gives, you know, catharsis to some people, me, um, and, <laughs> and it was never going to be, I think, I don't think there was ever going to be a way that they were going to show Egret's death 
and have the viewers be okay with it because she was beloved Mm -hmm. and since Mm -hmm. they didn't do it like they did in the book which i I guess so can i say now what they did in the Mm -hmm. book was that it was they found egret later and she was dead and john didn't know who killed her we didn't they didn't have that sweet moment of oh you know we didn't get that in the book it was just it was over egret's dead and john was sad and we moved on and you're saying he knew nothing and he also than normal yes <laughs> and also john remembers firing a shot and seeing someone with mm. red hair go down and thinking was and that your grit that's right and when they find the body later he still doesn't know if yeah. he's the one that did it or not so mm. john's dealing with the fact that he killed your grit like yeah. that that's the whole different thing like he fires the shot he sees the red hair go down and he's like did i just kill your grit yeah. and whereas in this like he freezes, she freezes, and then she ends up getting killed. Yeah. So, like, there's none of that, I'm about to kill the woman I love, or any of that. And then, and then he just gets to sob with her and be a little emo. But in, that's okay. In the book, at least, after they find her, he notices yeah. that it, it wasn't one of his arrows that, that was in her. Oh, so, right. so, at least that part of it. But still, yeah. yeah. Initially, he did, though. She's right. I'd forgotten yeah. about that part. Yeah, yeah. Before, before they found the body, the, the, he was... Yeah. Well, even then, though, I think there's still that that realization of it just as easily could have been him. Yeah, right. totally. So yeah, even exactly. if it wasn't, that's not really solace because he did kill many of her colleagues yeah. and it could have been her just as easily as it was anyone else. And he right. probably yeah. did aim her at her at some point and didn't even ever realize it. It yeah. was. Yeah. Yeah. So, and and yeah. Going, going back to the, the kid in the bow, though. No, I'm just playing. Uh, <laughs> we didn't get your opinion, PG. How do you feel about it? No, I, well, I will agree with with Christiana. I would have liked the scene better if the kid had already had established that he had a bow the entire time and he was just sort of cowering in fear and Sam sort of calms them down and talks, in, talks him into, hey, you need to defend yourself, what have you, because when they just said, and get yourself a weapon, and then they show the bow, I'm like, okay, well, you know, he's going to obviously kill somebody. Didn't know it was going to be regret at the time, but, you know, it wasn't a, it was, you know, a little, a little too ham-fisted rather than mm-hmm. have it a little more natural. It was sort of TV must establish the pistol on the wall uh, yeah. so that it will be fired in a few minutes. So. Yeah. <laughs> Um, and I'm just going to point out, uh, we've got Nicole in the chat saying that she calls bull on your freezing and not shooting him. I just, uh, I don't know, too predictable. I kind of agree with uh, Nicole on that. That was one of my gripes was, I mean, she already did the freeze on John thing. Like she, she had prepared yeah. herself. She, she should have done something. But his, what were you going to say? I Chief? thought that his reaction, she probably wasn't expecting that smile. He was, yeah. he was so he was happy upset. to see her. Yeah. And then okay. I, I think that, you know, gave her pause, take her back, like, shit. You know, she probably thought he'd be pissed because, you know, he, she almost killed her. I, th- yeah. and I, also, I also thought it was, you know, you got me, you know, take me, take me out because, you know, yeah. you got well, me. And then I'm, not gonna, I'm not going to hurt you. Yeah. Maybe even a little bit of like, he, he's been thinking he's probably going to die in this battle for days now. And so this idea of like, you would almost want it to be her if it's going to be anyone. Yeah. yeah. Oh, that's so like, it's like, it's like almost a way to say he's sorry is I'll, I'll, I will not run away. I will just let you do what you feel like you need to do. Yeah. Um, and, yeah. Uh, 
and it really doesn't matter all of this because he had his head put into a fucking anvil and know, he really right? should not have been conscious at all. No. He should have been <laughs> at least Especially when they show him and he has no damage to his face when right after it happened he had blood flowing out of his mouth. That was the only quibble I have with the whole uh the whole evening, but uh yeah. <laughs> Um, yeah. see, your explanation kind of ruins the whole, like, joke I was going to make about when Chooch said the smile. I'm like, oh, so you're you're a sucker for the Jon Snow smile, too, then, huh? <laughs> <laughs> wow. He was shining. That's interesting, because mm-hmm. it was this episode that I just finally decided once and for all, I just don't think he's that cute. Mm. I think yeah. I'm the only person on the planet. Everybody else is just... Really? This I episode, look- he finally was Jon Snow. Finally. Eh. I agree with Nutty, and you never thought you'd hear me say it. I thought he was actually Jon Snow in in this episode. Because for the longest time, I'm like, he looks like Jon Snow, but he's not Jon Snow. He looks like Jon Snow, but he's just... And this episode, it was like, there he is. He's Jon Snow. This is how the character is. He is owning it. I am so happy. You know what I feel like right now? Maybe after next episode when it grows up. You feel like the tables have completely turned here, Christiana? No, what I feel, no, what I'm, it's just like when you guys are saying, like, finally, he's Jon Snow, finally, oh, yeah. I like him. I feel like having someone who watched the whole season of Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. all along and was liking it all along, even as ah, someone yes. else was saying they hate it. And then finally, everyone loves it again. And I'm like, welcome back, you guys. <laughs> I've been here all along. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we haven't talked I about know. that. I, I actually I started watching Agents of Shield and it actually turned out to be okay. Wow. <laughs> I mean, no. It was awesome for a couple of episodes there, but I stick with my p- original opinion. <laughs> the the ending of that season I thought was well done. Yeah. Well, no, I mean, I agreed <laughs> yeah. that it you know, it got better, but I my my point is really just I feel like I I'm maybe the only one in the group who has really kind of liked the character all the way through. Um, I will agree there were times when he was not as likable as other times, and, but I always felt like that's what he had to go through. He had to go through being that person in order to get to where he's going. And it always felt like a legitimate part of his maturation process and the development of his character and who he's going to become. So in fairness, you know, there's a little bit of like knowing what happens in the books that gave me the ability to look past some annoying things because because like well sure he's annoying now but he has he has to go through this in order to learn these lessons in order to be awesome more awesome later but even still i guess i just always i i never felt the annoyance that a lot of people claim to feel about I, I, i maybe i'm still I, don't know. I just haven't got that. He's he's the Jon Snow that I love from the books. He's not even a pale shadow of him. So maybe that's my problem <laughs> and totally unrelated. But I mean, I understand character development and I don't always like characters, but, you know, or they might do distasteful things that I don't approve of. But normally mm-hmm. that's not a problem for me. I can still like adore the character because human, you know, yeah. and mistakes and um, learning and stuff. But I just I it's he still hasn't. I don't blame the actor. He's a fine actor. He's a strong actor. I don't know what it is. It just still doesn't do it for me. Um, there's and a couple I'm tired of waiting. <laughs> <laughs> there's a couple of people, more people commenting on just that whole sequence um, in the yep, Q&A. Um, <laughs> I like so, Nicole's. Yeah, you already, when he's not whiny. 
Yeah. <laughs> he is um, hot when he's not whining. And then also mm -hmm. saying, um, Nicole is saying, but I thought in the book she did get to say, you know, nothing one more time to him. She was shot but dying. That's that's kind of how I remembered it too, but I wasn't going to call you on it because I wasn't sure. I, I thought know. that that was what it was too, is that um, he finds her and she is dying of the arrow wound. But the battle is already over, which is why it makes more sense just in context with Mike McCauley's comment saying, a little bit nitpicky, but am I the only one who thought Igret's death scene with John was a little too public? I would think that at least one of the wildlings would notice him in the prone sitting duck situation and attacked more off to the side, maybe. And so they just this idea wall. that... Hmm? Well, go they ahead. They were behind a wall. Well, yeah, but still, As I mean... It, the shot where some. we see them... <laughs> The shot where we see him holding yeah. her as she's dying, we see people still fighting. actively fighting oh, okay. in the background thought, of that yeah. shot. I thought when when she sees him, he's he's still like behind that wall over by the Smithy area. Mm -hmm. So like I thought, okay, but yeah, when you're right, when he's holding her and she's dying, I yeah. think they are outside. Well, so clearly she was I, exposed because she got shot. So maybe he was. <laughs> He was blocked and then he ran well, over. Well, but to let's her. not forget, my friends, that she put down the big death threat to the Fens. Mm. Anybody gets between me and taking <laughs> out John Snow, I'm going to kill you fuckers. Who do you think was really going to jump in front of her to kill John? Dear, dear. I don't know that anyone took <laughs> yeah, seriously yeah. at that. I, I think yeah. that the Fens were right on the money when they accused her of talking so much because she was really actually conflicted inside. Well, yeah, um, well, right. But totally. I just, as a result, I don't think any of them took even remotely seriously her threat about like no one else better kill him. I think they were. I, I immediately was kind of think, yeah, kidding there. Besides, huh? she's <laughs> also other than like none of the Fens actually even know what he looks like. <laughs> yeah, That's they true. weren't they weren't there yet. Um, well, maybe Tormund painted a really good picture for them. He's like, "All right, so when you see this mopey-looking boy <laughs> with like long black emo hair and that dazzling smile, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> well, yes." Sheriff Bullock says that maybe we need for Jon Snow to win Viv over, um, or what we need is to see him descending from a staircase wearing Sansa's feathered dress. <laughs> Ooh. That might work. <laughs> no, I just... And he wouldn't Nicole make a said, good Sansa so, for me. <laughs> Snow is hot when he's not whiny. So. Yeah. So, Nicole and I are like this. Let me just say logistics of the actual arrow firing and so on aside, I really... Just the, the John Egret relationship was always one of the ones that I really cared about from the books. And I felt like I think the show handled it even better than the books did for my, for my I taste. Totally, and so um, having her, you know, like obviously Oberyn's death last time was more shocking because this one was just so obviously doomed. I mean, it's like when you buy a ticket to Romeo and Juliet, you don't expect <laughs> a happy ending. So this one was just ob so obviously doomed from the start, but at the same time, you know, just because you know the ending doesn't mean you don't cry when it comes. So I, I really exactly um, it was it was very moving for me. Well, especially because yeah. the way they've been doing things, we don't know exactly what they're going to do because they have made some changes, mm -hmm. and so. We knew what was going to happen, but like for me with Oberon, it's like, are they going to change this part of it or something? You know, you just really mm -hmm. never know what direction I think they're actually going to go in. Yeah. yeah. And Nicole makes the point that um, as far as uh, Ygritte pausing yeah. uh, before shooting, that's the TV rule. 
Oh, I'm sorry about about nobody noticing that John was with Ugrit when she was dying. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's like a TV mo- movie rule of war. No one can interrupt an emotional scene during a battle. Yeah, yeah. So, so th- that and her freezing in the first place were both just kind of tropes that I, you know, felt like I'm willing to forgive because of the emotions involved. But it's absolutely yeah. true that I don't think people would really do that in the heat of battle. I. I will disagree with that because I think that a lot of tropes exist because people behave like that. I totally see the love that she had for him. And then when he froze or smiled at her, whatever it was you guys said, that it kind of caught her off guard because she does really love. I I think it was all plausible, their reactions as human reactions in a battle. I think it was all plausible. Except that doing that in a real battle would get you immediately killed. That's the, the problem and I think that's why people would uh, still not do that even if that might normally be their instinctive reaction well yeah I'm not saying she would have just fired on him I'm saying she wouldn't just stand there with a frozen look on her face still going like this and just not doing anything and just standing there that I I feel like especially the way she's been acting up to that point although as Baron of Hell mentions uh <laughs> did you notice grit was killing people that looked like john i did notice that too i didn't so know several that. of the people she killed a handful of people and there was one shot in particular where might as well have been might as well have been john's stunt double that she shot in the back wow yeah i didn't pick I didn't up on that really at all that many pros that look like him like that many people with the well, long dark hair. hair i mean <laughs> that's like far in the background for during all the other shots <laughs> Oh, yeah. thank you, Mike. <laughs> Rock and specs, Mike. Yeah, says. my old lady. <laughs> um. <laughs> those do not look like old lady glasses. So Aww, sure. thank you. Those are awesome. <laughs> so let's see. Um, what else did we want to talk about? Did we get everything? Uh, um, we had the, the sort of the end of the battle on the wall, which actually had a. It, Good spectacle moment, but I just didn't like it all that much. Was the scythe, the scythe, the scythe thing? Not the the, just that it was so large and it just pops out of the wall. Was it too big for you, baby? It was. It was <laughs> Wait, but, was just that, that, that's in the book, isn't it? You know, I, I couldn't remember is. that. I didn't remember. I they have don't. an elevator. <laughs> yeah. I I totally forgot about it, but when it pops out of the wall, it reminded me. I was like, "Oh my god, I forgot all about that." But yeah, and the reason why it's in the wall is cuz it's frozen and then they crank it back up and mm-hmm. like it is their last defense for if people get high enough. Yeah, and um, it makes perfect sense for yeah. a threat that they know is a likely thing that that yeah. they they climb and up. And they've got them right. up and down the wall. Like y- you go those lengths. There's there's enough of them so that they can do that anywhere. Yeah. Okay. Fucking brilliant. Yeah. There. There. <laughs> there we go. Your argument is invalid. <laughs> I just thought it looked a little cheesy, but not not uh, not cool, but sort of cheesy. Just yeah, the size of it, the, the way that like it went. Like the severed uh, hand still hanging on to the ice hook was a little cheesy. Yeah, <laughs> yeah that was a little. <laughs> I laughed out loud. I lolled. <laughs> I had one quick funny. question: when uh, when Slint runs into the larder and sees Gilly there, yeah, the oh, look yeah. on his face was it shame because she saw him being a chicken or I thought there might've been, there was kind of a lascivious look 
I thought she might have gotten raped down there because he thinks he's going to die and oh, everything's that's about I had that to end. Hmm. So you like, didn't, hmm. your thought was, your, so did you think that he was, okay, I got you. I thought All he was right. contemplating it. Yeah. I was more of the other way. I thought I was more worried for her safety because yeah. he ran in, saw her. Mm-hmm. She would know he was, you know. Yeah, that that was hiding, and and even he was too scared to even do that. He just hid, hid in the uh, yeah. in the corner or whatever. Yeah. I was very happy yeah. to see that. Day. And of yeah. course, I remember like to see the scene. She may have popped him on the head or something. Well, you know and of what, course, though? remember this is when, the same guy that killed a ba- killed multiple babies in King's Landing when uh, you know during the orders of uh, well, you know. But Gilly is not a baby. No, but she had a baby. <laughs> I know. I'm just. I'm just saying. I baby. would. Uh, even if Slint randomly had it in his head to try to do something, I think Gilly could take him. Honestly. I, think so. I think so too. Here's what I. Here's well, what happened when it, I watched well. it. And PG, I agree with you. A baby killer will kill a woman and a baby. I agree with your baby killer point. It was in him. But it was funny because when we did the first watch going through, and there's all the stuff going on, I swore that when he, when uh when um, Sam went in there and saw Gilly, the, when they first showed Slim mm-hmm. that he had a big black gouged eye, like a fucked up face. And so when we did the rewatch, I froze it and then I backed it up and I watched it again and I didn't see any damage on his face. And so when the door opened and Sam came in and he looked over at Slint, I thought he saw that Gilly had beat the shit out of him for trying <laughs> to kick her out or because yeah. he's embarrassed or whatever. And then when we rewatched, it hadn't happened. I just really wished it had, you know, because she grabbed that that fucking piece of meat so fast yeah. to hit Sam. <laughs> she was ready. I, I swear. I think you're right. I think she had to defend herself, Chooch. I'm very curious to see what the brothers do to him because he's essentially a deserter. He didn't leave the premises, but yeah, but he deserted he for sure. Yeah. Um, yeah, I don't know. I I didn't get that sense at all that he was going to like attack her or do anything to her. I, to my mind, or at least the way I read it, um, I was just literally this idea of he was ashamed that someone caught him and now is going to know that he was going in there to hide. Right. Um, for me, with Slunt, that means he might try to hurt her. But yeah. You're, you're, I think I think he was just trying to hide. <laughs> just yeah. don't let me die here. Um, my favorite bit about this is he had such shame. Oh my God, she's gonna know, and yet he still stayed there. Yeah. Like he never got the courage to leave and actually join the battle. He went and curled up fetal under some cans yeah. or something. I don't know. Mm-hmm. It was adorable. He looked so scary. Um. So see Madrigal in the Q and A says, "Sorry, Christiana, this is drama, not reality. Done for effect, and as they say, sometimes time slows down in an otherwise hectic scene." I agree, hundred percent. I was just joking that it is a trope. It is a drama trope. It is not realistic. I liked how it played out in the show. I was just saying it's a drama trope, not realistic. That was my my. I, don't I liked I liked how it played. The only the only thing about it that I didn't like was I I wouldn't I would have rather it even just been some random stray arrow. That mm-hmm. uh, that took her out <laughs> rather than uh, the kid. I didn't. The, that part didn't work for me. But the fact that she freezes, the fact that they get to have the death moment, I didn't mind those because you know drama tropes exist because they're effective emotionally, even if they're not realistic. Yeah. The other kind of nitpick I had was uh, the giant in the tunnel. Mm. You know, they see him. He's coming in, and then he's walking, 
and then he's running and then he's there. And I'm like, that guy's got a bow. And somebody said we shot 20 arrows in him. Mm. Shoot him in the fucking eye. So <laughs> what if you shot 20 arrows? You're just going to sit there and watch. They well, I, yeah. yeah, I agree. Yeah, the family <laughs> just didn't, didn't come with bows. So they, didn't, there was a guy that had a bow. There was one guy, but well, they had to I would have been shooting. Up. That's all they I'm were, saying. They were wow, all on the verge of panicking and Gren had to psych them up. And it wasn't until they got through their, uh, their oath that uh, they were actually ready to go. And mm. by then that, that, that's the, true. I guess the first time you, you actually see a giant. Exactly. Would be that's pretty paralyzing. <laughs> yeah. Exactly. And that was up until now they were considered to be like grumpkins and, and what was Snark, the Snarks, yeah. yeah, which I still, I don't know why we can't use that word. Okay. But more often, but you know, it's one of those things when you do see a giant, when you do see a mammoth, yeah. it is going to make you kind of shit your pants a little. So Grin had to wipe the little butts, put some powder on it. <laughs> but I thought his speech was, I thought he was one of the best motivational, like pre-battle speeches. That was fantastic. Mm -hmm. Once he again, really, uh, all he had to do. Excellent use of the oath. That was it. That was all he, it was the same thing that brought John back. And yep. it, it got all the, I mean, fucking, can we talk about which giant this was in the books? Um, I don't, I, yeah, we can't talk about it, but I don't think it was him. Okay. So. Well, I don't think it's him. There was no descriptor at all for him in the closed mm -hmm. captioning that I could see. Did you see anything, PG? I mean, all I did was go. Ur, uh, ur, ur. There's a. Uh, if you look on IMDb, they they credit one of the giants with one of the names mm -hmm. that I recognize from the book. I have no idea. I don't remember enough to know if it's right what on. you were talking about. I thought the implication on screen was that both of the giants we saw were killed. One with the, the ballista yes. spear yes. on the other side of the wall. And then mm -hmm. the one, the one who was trying to break through the gate um, died in the attempt, even though he managed to take all the others with him. Yeah. All the other, you know, the crows with him. That was yeah. the implication I got in the show. So I don't, I don't think either of them is, is any more notable a giant other than just the role that we're seeing in, in this episode that's m my impression i don't you know obviously we don't know for sure how they're oh, yeah, and it's not like it. mance was in the battle or yeah not like right. other real notable people were well so here's actually whoop, sorry go ahead <laughs> i was just gonna say that this was how they did it in the book too that we didn't know what happened until later mm -hmm. and one thing you know and it's like the agrit and, G and john scene it we didn't get any details like that in the book, in my opinion, I'm sure I'll be called out wrong, but we didn't get that big poignant moment with them. And, uh, it was more off to the side because, you know, battle, but, um, I think between the two scenes, I would have rather have seen the giant scene. Is that bad? I think that must've been a badass scene, that fight scene in the, in the, um, under the gates. Mm. Nobody feels cheated about that except me. Mm. I don't know. I, I, I think it was, you know, but I think it it the one problem is it could have ended up looking cheesy. Mm. So the only thing I was thinking in my head is I hope when they fight the giant it doesn't look like bad CGI yeah. or bad force perspective. And then when we didn't see it, I was like, you know what, that was a great way of handling it. Yeah. Because also it kind of leaves that whole idea in the back of your head. Well, what happened? How what happened? And then that Yeah. And then you yeah, get I mean, yeah, the, the, the Yeah, the main point for me was that it worked really well, not, not knowing and then having them walk upon them and, and seeing. Oh seeing my God. Wasn't it um, awesome that John and Sam found, found Gren though. Yeah. 
and that it well, was that we got to he saw how loyal Gren was and he stayed and he died but he made sure the giant didn't get through and he mm-hmm. never let John down I just love that so much about him yeah, yeah. Well, so we can go back and talk about other stuff but the um you know the way the episode ends we'll come back to to well, yeah, that's what I was going to talk about next okay. was just how, how the episode ends, which yes. is, so, yeah, um, I have a quarrel with how the episode ends. I feel like I understand why they're doing it that way. Um, just because I think they want to take more time with what happens in the next stage of this storyline. Um, but I felt like, the next th- big thing that happens in this particular storyline would have been a better place to end the episode. Now it would have meant we would have had to cut some aspect of what we saw in this episode, but I don't know. It just would have felt like a better, I, w- I would have rather had more closure to this storyline rather than the cliffhanger ending. But I, my guess is it's just because they want to take more time with the next part. Right. The one thing I do like about how, and the way they ended is John, leaving to saying he he needs to go find Mance because there's no way they can hold the wall for more than you know however long uh because they're going to come back and they're still out manned a thousand to one etc mm-hmm. um the big change from the book in this is that mentioned earlier Alistair Thorne wasn't at the wall at this time that he arrives like right after this um and this is when like people in power actually make you know, a decision about John. Oh no, you're a traitor. You were with them before. And they, I think they like put him in jail for, or in a cell for several days. And then it's sort of their idea to send him out with, and to attempt to assassinate Mance. Whereas in the show, it's his own decision to say, okay, well, the only way that we can maybe save people is for me to do this dumb thing. And, you know, uh, so I did like, it was more of him, you know, the, one of the ideas in the show is that, or this episode, obviously, Watchers on the Wall, is showing how all of these characters have matured and become real Watchers on the Wall, mm-hmm. and him being able to make that decision that it may be the only way to save, save them, um, I thought was was good. And I really liked the uh, exchange between him and Sam. Just that that whole bit of, like, I agree, it's a bad plan. What's your plan? <laughs> and, and you can see in his face, he's kind of saying, like, I actually do hope that you'll have something better because I'm not looking forward to this. But this if you don't, then yeah. I love that it went right back almost to the very beginning of how John and Sam were. It was like they had this, like, shorthand. It was like cut through the bullshit. Well, this is what you got. <laughs> you know yeah. what I mean? It was so adorable. And the whole bit about handing off his sword. I mean, that was really sweet. Um, I I don't want to mess up this scene, but uh, we totally skipped something that... Yeah, we can definitely go back and talk about it. Ghost. Oh, I know. I need him more than I need you. (laughs) I know. And I'm sorry, Ghost was like epic boss out mm-hmm. there tearing up the wildlings. Why didn't I bring that up when, when PG said, how did they win? That's how they won. They had to go. <laughs> Ghost yeah. and although, it, although it was a little disappointing. Okay, Ghost kills one guy and then just chews on him for the rest of the battle. <laughs> Doesn't go attack him. He killed other guys. It was just hungry. Sure. <laughs> Are you kidding? Did, like they say how difficult it is to film with the wolves. Like, nah, the oh, I so agree. I'm just, so. I just thought it was funny that 
Yeah. He, he did come out to kill that one guy. That was yeah, crazy. No, I, I'm with you on this one, PG. Like, I love the <laughs> moment. I'm not complaining per se, but they did only show him killed I agree. the one they guy. They did show him the one time, though, right? There wasn't yeah. any more. It was yeah. epic, yeah. but it was, yeah, it was, oh, yeah. it was oh, cool. Yeah. But it was just the one guy, and so we, di we didn't get this sense that he was just tearing a swath through the wildlings. It was more like he was, you know, another player joins the <laughs> battle. Yeah. So changing the tide. Yeah. Hey, we all assume that's what's going on because we know ghosts. Oh yeah, yeah. Oh, I'm yeah. sure he was no. just behind a wall or something. I, I, do, <laughs> I do, yeah, exactly. It was behind a wall. I do wish we got to see more of like if they could have just done a bunch mm. of wildling stuffies and shot it from overhead or something. Just mm. let them chew up a bunch. I don't know something. It would have been great, but they didn't. So yeah, I was just really excited. That, and in in my head, it was the whole idea of when they locked up ghost and it's like oh he needs to be caged he needs to be caged and he, he pulls out the keys and before he even says anything to sam i'm like that's right you don't cage a direwolf you need a direwolf in the middle of a battle why wasn't he out already stupid alistair thorn yeah yeah uh yeah i did we sort of mentioned it but the whole alistair thorn being pulled into the wall into the little you know cubby yeah. area sort of like f the end of phantasm you know when the kids pulled into the mirror i was just, <laughs> i was just like okay well that's that's sort of it just looks sort of silly not not that they wouldn't want to try to save the commander or, or the acting commander but it's just sort of funny defend the wall as he's being pulled in <laughs> pulled down yeah, he was the one character that we didn't get a definitive closure on for this episode um, because we see him wounded and then pulled off the field of battle, um, not dead at the time that we last see him, but we don't ever get a follow-up with him in this right. episode right. other than we, ha we do have John saying who's around to give orders to Sam, which we kind of feel like, well... Shouldn't, shouldn't it still be Thorn? Shouldn't you at least yeah. consult him before you yeah. do this whole <laughs> maybe, thing? Maybe, maybe he's he's in a coma, so mm -hmm. cannot yeah. respond. Uh, Mike, you may have asked this other question, or maybe you did. Um, we were talking about the. Excuse me. Were there any other episodes spent entire time at one location? We we said that we think Blackwater was the only one, and that was you mm -hmm. know at King's Landing the whole time. Um, and even then, it was uh, still more diverse locations because right. we had, you know, outside the walls, we had inside the throne room, throne room, we had inside the Red Keep, the boats, um, various the boat. other, yeah. So right. there was there was more different things than we that we were still seeing on screen, even though it was still all one event. Right. And for those who don't watch us live, you you are missing out on all the great conversation in the Q and A. Like, mm -hmm. what, uh, what's more important for a for a future home, uh, a scythe or a moon door, uh, <laughs> or both? So you surely should come out and uh, and join us on Wednesday nights when we're doing this. Um, I would totally the want the scythe instead of the moon door because I would totally accidentally fall through the moon door. <laughs> I'm I so just know it. I would totally fall through the moon door. I was thinking the same exact thing. Plus, the scythe is just a big anchor, and I know how to use those. I want a moon door with a bungee. <laughs> <laughs> I'm down, Chooch. We're totally doing that. <laughs> nice. Yeah, you guys have fun. <laughs> <laughs> I did um, like. Like, do you think we're going to get any history on giant attacks on the wall? Because it looked like, though they're, you know, doing shit, they're trying to get the wall, get the mammoth to pull it. And then the one giant gets shot and it pisses the other giant off and he's able to fucking lift the gate. Is he the first giant in history that's been able to lift the gate 
unassisted. I mean, <laughs> it seems like there should have been like nutty. Talk to me about the history of the Wall of Giants because this was way too fucking. Yeah, he was pissed um, and grieving for I the dude. I don't think we have too much information about giants attacking the wall. I mean, there there's text about giants, but again, it's all still kind of in the the sense that. They're possibly not real. Mm-hmm. Um, oh, I mean, yeah. for instance, you get the whole thing with um, Osha, who you know, she takes one look at Hodor, and she's like, "Oh yeah, you got giant blood in you." And mm-hmm. and of course, the the Northerners they they take that as like joke or slang or mm-hmm. turn of phrase. And she's like, "No, no, 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 no. There's giant. a giant down <laughs> in the back of your your history. Yeah. There's a giant somewhere." Um, so I don't really think that they go uh, too into detail about giants attacking the wall that I can think mm-hmm. of. Somebody can correct me. Um, I mean, that sounds right to me, too, is just that the idea that if there have ever been giants attacking the wall, it's been so long ago. Because one of the things they do establish is that even up north of the wall, the giants mostly kept to themselves and did mm-hmm. not actually interact very much with uh, the rest of the people other than the fact that now, because of the added threat up there, it's it's just like Mance's whole thing. He is uniting all of these different peoples that usually would have had nothing to do with each other. And so I think my guess is it, it has just been a long time since any giant actually tried to do this. Yeah. And again, what I was going to say is just that it's one thing to be able to lift it but you see what he had to do as soon as he kind of crawled under it, it just slammed shut again. That's not practical for an actual assault. They need to get the gate gone, not just lifted. Yeah. Um, they had and, two giants get a log and just lift it, prop well, it up. Right. Well, go. the plan was the, the mammoth, yeah. but, you know, and the, that's <laughs> still probably the plan because right. as John said, they have more mammoths. They have more giants. It's, yeah. Those are not the only two. And Nicole, uh, you know, let you know, Christiana, that you can just wear a parachute all the time and you'll be okay with your moon door. Yeah. Oh, okay. Well, yeah. I changed my answer then. Mm. Okay. <laughs> you can I come to stars out first. <laughs> with it, though. I don't like heights. I still don't change my answer. Ooh, I don't <laughs> like heights either. That's more fun, though. <laughs> <laughs> like, it's the scary part that's fun, right? Am I wrong? <laughs> Am I the only one that really likes being that scared? <laughs> I think I think uh, I think there's a lot of people that like being that scared. There are just two things that I'm not so keen on, and that's um, enclosed spaces and heights. So for me, like I'm okay with being up high as long as I don't have to look down. So I'm yeah. good. So the moon door would make me look down too much, and the wow. su- and and the anchor would be cool because. I mean, like, yeah, I'm looking down, but I'm watching it move and just kill all my enemies. So that's yeah. okay. Too. I don't have to worry about falling over with it. Yeah. Hmm. Okay. So did anybody else have any notes that we didn't hit or things that we didn't touch upon? Well, the ending of the battle, I, um, as I'm watching it and wondering how they're going to get out of it. And I thought for sure that the brothers without banners were going to charge in to help. Cause like, wasn't it last season that they said, let's get our asses to the wall. Hmm. Hmm. That was a long time ago. Yeah. Well, well, wasn't the whole there? I, I, I'm actually not sure I remember correctly, but at the time, wasn't there argument for going to the wall specifically to take Arya there because her brother is there? Yeah. I think yeah. that was the reason they said right. that they were going to go to the wall. But somebody okay, else. Right. Melisandre said, oh, hey, psh, our priorities have changed. So I thought for sure they were going to leave, but then they kept showing mm-hmm. them. 
at home. So oh, I guess then, Stannis then, nixed that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, we we haven't yeah. seen any follow up with them since Arya got away from them. So yeah. that is that is a valid question of just what have they been up to? Because yeah. you know they were they were still doing stuff. Yep. I thought got they had the got other? the memo and they were concerned about it, but I, yeah, I could be misremembering the, the memo. The Raven. <laughs> <laughs> Where's our, well? What else sticks sticks out to you, Chooch? Well, like I said, overall, the episode was good, but it certainly wasn't my favorite. I I thought I didn't think there was any way we were going to be able to talk about it for a couple hours. Because um, <laughs> to me, it was just a really, it's just a big fucking battle. It was like there were some great things to see. I like to see some of the wall defenses and, and I don't know, I, I guess for me, it was just, it was more or less a straightforward battle yeah. episode. So mm-hmm. I, fi- I definitely felt different about Blackwater. Blackwater had me riveted and, and I could mm-hmm. watch it over and over. And this one, I was bored during the second viewing. Well, a lot of people just don't, aren't as interested by the stuff happening up at the wall. Is that kind of how yeah. you feel or? Oh, or no, no, no. You- I'm, I'm, yeah, I'm really curious. And, and of course, Brand's journey and all this. And mm-hmm. it's, it is such literally Westeros is in peril. They get through that tunnel, you know, and now you got wildlings that are going to go through and raid the countryside. And then you're going to have the white walkers just walk on through. (laughs) So, you know, I, I'm definitely invested in the wall and I like the characters, but the, I don't know. It's Um, good. It just, just on that note, I want to uh, read something I saw on um, Google plus earlier today. Um, not because I especially agree with the specific point of view, but just because it's by a very funny guy that I like and he says it in a funny way. Let's see if I can find it. Ah, oh, I'm not seeing it now because my Google Plus is confusing. Well, while you're doing that, I'm going to read this comment from Sheriff okay. Bullock. I think it's cute. Um, not cute. Cool. You can close and lock the moon door. Not that Mommy Dearest did that. A scythe is just messy. There will be parts everywhere. Have fun cleaning that up. <laughs> oh, Sheriff Bullock, don't you understand? The parts are just there to ward others off. Oh, to set as an example. When I kill a mosquito, I don't get rid of it. I just let it sit there. You put its <laughs> little head on a toothpick others. and you leave yeah, it out for the other I mosquitoes do. to see. Like, <laughs> see what Girl, that's what we do around here. Okay. Um, and so I found it. Um, so this was, uh, you know, hat tip to uh, Dave Slusher who, who Ooh, posted it. But he's actually quoting uh, the comedian Paul F. Tompkins, who is amazing. He's very funny. Um, but anyway, so Paul F. Tompkins apparently is not a super fan of the stuff that happens at the wall. So here's the quote. He says, anybody wearing black fur and standing in snow, I don't give a fuck about. What are they still talking about? Every episode we have to take a detour while those guys say, this is the worst. I know it's terrible. We'd better do something. We can't do anything. We should do a thing. <laughs> so that's it. But so even though I, I don't share his his apathy related to right. the, the watchers on the wall, but uh, um, that's fantastic. I think I think that's what people at King's Landing think, though. Yeah. <laughs> I think so, too. None of them give a yeah. shit. It's all Grumpkins and Snarks. Hey, I remember that time. <laughs> and uh yeah. 
we had um, I forgot what I was going to say you get you get you threw me off there with your grumpsons grumpkins and stuff. <laughs> and Moss Knox threw you off. <laughs> oh, I was going to say oh, that. Man, that feels like it needs to be a rap or something. My grumpkins and my snocks and my grumpkins and my snocks. <laughs> like it needs to be a sequel to Where My Dragons At. I don't know. You're scaring. You're scaring Sheriff Bullock, uh, Nutty. I don't know what the what that is. You're <laughs> scaring me, Nutty. Are you bouncing again or something? No, I think it's my response to uh, the whole moon door thing. Uh, but let me. Oh, uh, okay. There you go. Up the base for a second. Be afraid. Be very afraid. There we go. I like Mike's free. comment. Free paint. There you go. Chooch has got it. Be very afraid. Baby. Say it, baby. Let me hear it. Be very afraid. <laughs> wow, that did scare me. <laughs> yeah. uh, I did notice they faded to white instead of fading to black at the end of the episode as John leaves. So. Really? So, given the scene yeah. transition they're doing. you know. Yeah, I thought they were going to do credits in, in white with uh, white with black. black. That would have been pretty cool. But yeah, and then it went black. I, I wouldn't think they would do that because it actually doesn't look great when they do that. No. It's one thing to fade to black, but then actually trying to show extended credits on that is kind of. <laughs> yeah. So overall ratings, anybody? Ratings. 10 out of 10 tears down my cheek for Egret. <laughs> I'm not going after Christiana. Somebody else go. Huge. <laughs> Hmm. Um, I'm trying to decide now. I'm looking through my list. <laughs> Somebody else can go. That way I won't duplicate. The tricky part is coming up with the rating system, isn't it? <laughs> I, I will go and I'll give you a 10 out of 10 dire wolves tearing through wildling. Or, <laughs> wait. or one wildling. Ten, ten bites out of one wildling. Yeah, ten, <laughs> ten out of ten wildling meals for a dire wolf. Oh my God. <laughs> ten inches of, of arterial whatever for the dire wolf. Now, mine was actually nine out of ten, <clears throat> but only because I would have rather seen the giant scene in the tunnel than the scene with Egret and John, because that's just me. That's <laughs> fair. You... Are entitled to your opinion. <laughs> Do you? Will you still marry me, though, Christiana? Are you oh, going to okay. break our engagement now? No, it's fine. We're good. Please, no, you said yes. And Chooch okayed it. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, we already sent out all the invitations. I know, right? Chooch, <laughs> you can do um, So I gave it a seven. Seven. <laughs> wildling scraped off the wall. Ooh. Wow, that's pretty good. Yeah. Ooh, we got some good ones in the Q and A. Yeah. Well Oh wait, wait, mine, let's go first. Yeah. No. For my I mean I would like to have given it a ten, but the one drawback that the show has is that we've seen Helm's Deep in the Lord of in the Two Towers. And so having this this be on TV. It was the probably one of the best things they could have done with this type of story and mm -hmm. showing everything that they did and how they handled it. But um, yeah, just because there was, you know, even though it's from the book, just things that, you know, you can, you could sort of parallel to what was in the two towers. Um, yeah. um, sort of was, you know, just because it came first, as far as a visual medium, it, mm -hmm. uh, 
sort of play as this. Yeah, this is a TV show. But um, overall, yeah, nine out of ten. I'll do nine out of ten anvils to Jon <laughs> Snow's teeth. Pretty pretty face. <laughs> pretty pretty yeah. face. Yeah. Before we go on, um, Viv, do you have a rating for last week's? Uh, yeah, I'll give it to you after Chooch reads it. I'll have to find it. It's a secret. I, I read my. Oh, Chooch, well, a couple of the other ones I had, I had uh, seven gallons of piss and slints trousers. <laughs> and uh, seven, seven gallons of piss. Wall countermeasures. Or seven horn blasts for the biggest fire the North has ever seen. Ooh, I like that one. <laughs> yeah, yeah I, I can see now I was thinking of the I've seen bigger joke. What if instead we had, um, um, we had uh a guy up there by himself and he sees the fire and then he looks down and he's got the handbook that says you know one blast for you know <laughs> rangers returning two for wildlings three for others and he's like oh no i wasn't prepared for this <laughs> there isn't a horn system for this <laughs> or, or or then he leans in to blow it and it's it's a siren like a fire truck <laughs> Yeah, for some reason, yeah, we should have more horn memes out there for the for this. Yeah, what's up with that internet? They if they had shown someone blowing the horn, maybe they'd like have a gift they could do something yeah. with. But uh, Sheriff Bullock in the chat says, uh, first he was talking about just the episode. I'm with the warlock. I didn't find the episode particularly particularly interesting either. My attention flags during protracted action sequences. Uh, Blackwater was amazing because ooh wildfire and mm-hmm. awesome characters like Tyrion Braun and Drunk Cersei. <laughs> and then he I followed that him. up with four out of ten needs more Drunk Cersei's. Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, I did like that. The four, four wow. is more, but Ta- seriously bored about the battle up there. Well, then four I, out of ten. I would not want every episode to be like this one, but because mm. we don't really get that many big action sequences, I like it. But used sparingly like this, where it's yeah. only every so often. And yes. I, but I think that they kind of and Nettie, I had ten out of ten. I ah. loved the last episode. Um, oh, okay. So um, I forgot what I was going to say though. So go ahead, somebody else. <laughs> oh, just okay. so you know, uh, your ten out of ten brought us from a pretty low score up to ninety percent for last season, uh, last episode, and this episode is also ninety percent. So. Our you you fixed our cum from for uh, PG's. I fixed your cum. Six out of ten. <laughs> I fixed your cum. I fixed your cum. You got to spell it careful though. Clever, clever <laughs> little like twat. You need to be a t-shirt or something. Uh, Mike changes his score. He he did start with nine point five out of ten hammer hats. I changed it to 9.5 out of 10 clever little twats. So. <laughs> oh, Mike. And Nicole, uh, 10 out of 10, excuse me, 10 out of 10 supersonic giant arrows. Yes. Yeah. Again, my favorite moment of the episode, the guy flying through the that, air being hit by the arrow. Good. That was hellified. So what did yeah. it, Christiana, were you the one that named the type of arrow or was it you, Nutty, that named the arrow that killed the giant? Because I was like, that thing should be like a oh. fucking toothpick if it was a regular bow. Oh, arrow. the ballista? Was, yeah, okay. Yeah, yeah so the, the thing that's, that, that's like, um, you know, you can't hold it in your hand. It's mounted on a mm-hmm. platform and it fires the giant, you know, metal, it's like practically the size of a, a thick spear. It's a okay. ballista, I think. Okay. I didn't so, realize what right? the hell it was. I believe you're right. I believe That's you're the right. word that came to mind. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm not uh, an expert in medieval siege Well, I gotta say, 
you sold it because it rolled <laughs> off your tongue and off you went. But um, ballista, okay. Because I didn't remember that from the book and it just was like, wait a fucking minute. You know, that... It's like, well, so it may have rolled off the tongue, but bear in mind, it might also have been bullshit. <laughs> bullshit. Like it's something I require in my fiancés, so it's okay. Okay, so uh, we had a rating. So next week, the episode name is what, Nutty? The Children. Very good. I love it when you get my cue. Um <laughs> So the children. So uh, what do we want to do for a survey um, contest? We can do. How many children are in the? Ep- I'm kidding. How many children. Uh, while you guys are thinking of it, by the way, Yana, <laughs> it is not bullshit. Like Sorry, <laughs> I didn't mean to talk over you. Nothing. Go ahead. That's okay. Uh, it's not bullshit. Uh, it does. Uh, it would be the arrow that is used in a ballista. A ballista is basically a, a giant war vehicle. It's a crossbow, usually on wheels. It's ah. used siege castles so it makes perfect sense that that is what they would use in their arrows so i don't know if the arrow is called ballista but it's an arrow from a ballista so it's not bullshit i i well of course it's not i mean i knew what i was talking about clearly obviously out of out of of, how dare you question me (laughs) (laughs) which one wrote a fantasy novel oh right that would be christiana not me (laughs) there were no ballistas in it though Uh, so yeah, yeah. Survey contest. Any ideas other than? Oh right. Um, <laughs> I hopefully know. Hopefully there's less death of, next week. Number of supernatural occurrences. Mm. Oh yeah, I like that's, that. Either magic or dragons or um, yeah, anything, but yeah, stuff that couldn't happen if this okay. was like yeah. real history. Oh yeah, I like that. The yep. White Walkers would count. Others mm-hmm. would count. Dragons. Yeah. Dire, um, dire wolves are actual critters. visions. You know, because we're probably mm-hmm. going to get some Period. more from Bran. Yeah. Cool. I like it. So supernatural occurrences and deaths. However you phrase it is how I will come up with it. Sam and Dean might show up. <laughs> Sam and Dean. Uh... Sam and Dean? <laughs> what did I miss? From Supernatural. <laughs> oh. Sorry, Supernatural. Characters from the show Supernatural. Yeah, okay. I have not watched enough of that show. <laughs> oh, right. I, I haven't watched it in a while either, but... If they cameo I, in Game of Thrones, uh, <laughs> all of fan fiction will explode. Mm. <laughs> I was really pleased when Key and Peele cameoed on the Fargo TV show. Oh, God. <laughs> I haven't seen it yet, but I can't wait because we watch Key and Peele like relentlessly. We watched <laughs> reruns for like a dozen watchings. It's such a funny show. Um, First I thought you said Jan and Dean and I'm really out of place. <laughs> what's, what's Key and Peele? Key and Peele is a, there's a, they do a sketch comedy show. It's just two, they're two really funny guys. It's Michael mm-hmm. Keegan Key and Jordan Peele. And Jordan Peele I've seen in a, he was in the movie Wanderlust with Jennifer Aniston and Paul Rudd. If you saw that, he mm-hmm. was one of the guys that lived on the commune and he's, they're just really funny and, and, and insightful and clever and stuff. Yeah. When a man makes a feces, part of his soul. <laughs> <laughs> this is that like one of those cable things, isn't it? <laughs> hey, it's time to end the show, people. No, because we have to wait until 1 a.m. to pick my nephew up at the airport. We need entertainment for the next hour. <laughs> <laughs> Who's hanging uh, out can, with us? So, you uh, can, do we have uh, a start reading? your own hangout. Oh, yeah. Uh, our survey thing? Deaths. deaths. Supernatural occurrences and deaths. 
have fun with that. <laughs> wow. You're going to be so gonna sick be of less counting deaths. Yes. Next week than this week. So I have to I count so. count all of them. Yeah, I hope so. <laughs> yeah, next week, we've all been guessing on what the next episode is. It's actually just more attack on the wall. <laughs> Part wall, two. Wall, wall, wall. Night two. Now the children fight. <laughs> or, no, it'll, it'll, it'll be like the movie Clue. It says... That's how it might have happened. Or maybe it happened like this. <laughs> the wildlings are actually going to march wildly children towards the wall to demoralize no, the crows because no. they have to kill them. No, wow. No. That, would, that, would, that would rape the soul. <laughs> I'm out. I'm done with the show. I quit. <laughs> Sorry. I'm out. Everybody, thank you uh, for sticking around with us. Still says, still says we have 14 viewers at the moment, which is uh, pretty amazing at 1130 at night. Is that, um, is that our highest? Um, I'm not sure. I look at I look down at it every once in a while. I don't like, uh, I don't, Charlie, and it just dropped to 13. 1400, so we got right? Ouch. What's that? Yeah, 1,400, 14,000 advertisers. No. We're outnumbered 1,001. But yeah, thanks for watching this live. For you audio listeners, we do have fun doing this live in the Q&A. So if you want to come out and join us sometime, that's great. Put us up in the background. You can still hear us talking. Don't have to watch us if that's that's something you don't want to do. But if you uh, do watch, I do put notes up to the people in the chat. That's true, and they we put up and read it. We oh, wait, put up there. signs about voting for judges, and uh, yeah, or we put and up little to... put up little love signs for 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 yeah, yeah. <laughs> or not. I don't you get to see Chooch's tongue, and you get to see me bounce, and you know <laughs> exactly. <laughs> but uh, we have our survey every week; should go up tomorrow. Um, if you you missed out on our contest, but next week we will talk about our. End of season. Uh, what do you think the final scene is going to be before it fades to black? So that'll be mm-hmm. fun. Um, so join us next week after the season finale. Oh, did you guys want to do a after Sunday show like we did earlier? Uh, uh, why don't we all check our calendars? Okay, so we'll, we'll we will set up a th- an announcement and uh, post mm-hmm. something on the site if we're going to do a. After Sunday viewing, after episode set, after yep. episode ten. Otherwise, we will we will be on for a full show next next Wednesday, no matter what. So, may I make a a quick request? No. No. Okay. Okay. So, <laughs> listeners and uh, folks, please know that we have the specficmedia.com Facebook page. Please give it a like. Please share it and like it because uh, PG is less grumpy sometimes. Yeah, short periods. And, of time. and this might help him be less grumpy if there's more page likes. And there's lots of awesome stuff that you can uh, read over at specficmedia.com. Um, you've got every now and then there's the Eye of the Noob, there's the In Defense articles uh, from Patman, there's the Meme Roundups, and other things that happen all year round there. Wow, look at you guys. <laughs> Chilling, I like it. <laughs> <laughs> And then there's this uh, podcast called Space Casey Season 2. You should be listening to right now. I heard that's good. I heard it's awesome. And I heard it's awesome. And if you haven't listened to Space Casey 1, why haven't you done that? Go back and listen to it. It's amazing. It's It's short, too, so it's easy to catch up. Oh, wait, wait. (laughs) What? Rory's wearing his Casey Gadets. uh, Oh, I wore my on. Yeah. 
I know. I'm glad you saw it too, Christiana. I had to wear my Christiana flair. <laughs> um, the uh, I was just going to say this is something that I've kind of uh, floated on Google Plus earlier today, but I think what I'm going to do for the remaining episodes in Space Casey Season 2 is I'm going to start putting it out there that um, some audience participation, cross-examination, if you think you have found a flaw in Casey's testimony or a gap or something that she got wrong or is maybe lying about, ask the question and we'll see what Casey has to say about it. Ooh, so, uh, <laughs> find out more about how to do that in the podcast notes for the next episode coming on Tuesday. And Sheriff Bullock wanted cool. clarification on where to send the prediction for the final frame of uh, yes. season. Yes. Well, I'm afraid the end of that contest submission was prior to oh, Sunday's nine. episode because we did not want, uh, we wanted everybody on level playing field. We didn't want people to see the previews for episode 10 that might give away a clue or something at the mm -hmm. time. I don't think it probably did based on what we saw. So Sheriff, if you want to wanna... send in your prediction, send it to BTW at specficmedia.com. We'll be happy to talk about it. But as far as uh, I'm probably going to give a t-shirt away to a winner, it'll be from the pool of people that uh, sent it in before last Sunday. So uh, we'll, we'll be happy to reject your entry. Yes, please, uh, <laughs> but that is uh, send, please send into btw at specficmedia.com. Um, and we're very sorry that Nicole is still at work. That's not nice at all. No. Mm. But come hang Keep out with us, Nicole. Yeah. I'm unhappy. Yes, thank you for helping be partially entertained. <laughs> yes. Of course, it's also possible that if you weren't watching us, then you would have been able to be more productive and you wouldn't have to still be at work. But, uh, it's you impossible know. for Nicole to be more dinner productive. Break, have you seen break. her? Nicole should have, could have discovered the next like rogue star that's floating through the universe and, and she was watching us instead. And She's like, we're all going to die. The tongue color. I have to know the tongue color. <laughs> I actually need permission from Nicole to post some pictures of her in her My Little Pony costume from the... <laughs> From the <laughs> from the party, the okay. Balticon. It was so cute. We have officially oh, jumped God. the shark. Uh, it's time to go. Miss so we we are all rambling. So good night, everybody. Thanks good for night. watching, listening. We'll see you next time. Good night. Good night. Beyond Bye. the wall. If you'd like to send feedback to Beyond the Wall, you can email us at btw at specficmedia.com. That's B-T-W at S-P-E-C-F-I-C-M-E-D-I-A dot com. Or you could send us a voicemail at 704-315-5884. Or you can comment on the web. Go to specficmedia.com and there you'll find a shiny little button to click on that'll take you right to our page. This podcast is released under a Creative Commons Attribution Non-Commercial Sharealike 3.0 Unported License. Feel free to share and remix. Just give us credit and don't charge money for it. <laughs>